made that movie spent 10 years trying to get it to come together so yeah it's, oh yeah it's that's, awful that's sadder than than the yeah. actual and what film. do we learn here what do we learn here don't dream <laughs> and with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. Wow. That's one of our sadder openings, but oh, thank wow. you for coming and going through this. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and joining me this week is the butcher of Blaviken, Matt Moore, our resident firebender, Steve Chu, and our forkin neighborhood architect, Michael Hawk. How's it going, guys? Good. Now you're probably wondering why I had that weird little intro, and it's because we're doing a, a little episode about the best TV, or at least Hawk's favorite TV of the 2010s. I don't want to call it the best TV because I've seen his list. Um, but <laughs> Wow. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Wait, so, Eric, Eric, if we're going off those intros, does that still make you the Mr. Pogo of this group? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> why not? Um so before we start, I just want to thank all our listeners in Italy. Apparently, we ranked 67th in TV and film just a couple days ago, like 67th overall. Our podcast. 67 wow. out of 45. <laughs> Ouch. Um, so I guess there are people listening to us in Italy. Buongiorno. <laughs> and we just lost. Them. And we just lost. Awesome. Them all. Exactly. Yes. Oh, man. A year and a half of Italian, I got nothing coming to mind right now. That I, I know, I'm purposely offensive. not saying anything, but uh, it's too late now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so those new to the show, last week we actually did Matt Moore's list of the best, his favorite films of the 2010s. And it's actually a really good episode. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. So we're going to do the, around the same format of last year. We're going to have Hawk talk about his top 10 list just overall first before going into in depth. And then he's going to go into each each of the 10 and only 10 picks. <laughs> and then we will talk about it if it deserves its spot there or, you know, if it shouldn't be on that list. Hawk, do you want to start this off with any preface before you started with your list or? Um, I'll say that I'm kind of a TV junkie in that given what I do for a living and that I'm a home-based worker. Uh, so throughout the last decade, maybe the last couple decades and that TV has become a lot more kind of meaningful to me than certain movies that uh, come out, you know, but, uh, I guess since the days of the Sopranos and that when uh, we entered into that kind of a golden age of uh, TV writing and that mm -hmm. where cable shows were able to do a lot more in that story wise than certain movies that come out. So that's why I'm a TV junkie and that's why I decided to do this list for this segment. Yeah. So um, we didn't actually, I didn't set this out to be a year by year um, list, but Hawkeye, you, you have gone year by year and picked your favorite one of that year. Yeah. Or at least the one yeah, that started I'm, that year. At least the ones that started that year, because most of these shows had fantastic first seasons and that it's going to be debatable about where it goes from there. And that, yeah. <laughs> sure. Actually, yeah. I have a lot of issues with that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, my, my premise was that if it had a great first season and that it was, it was probably the best show that year for me. Yeah. Cool. Hey, if it made it past the first couple seasons, that's usually a good sign with TV, especially in the 2010s. Cause stuff was yeah. swapping it in it came, so rapidly. It came and went, you know? Yes. Anyway, so these fast. are your favorite TV shows of the 2010s. Go for it. Okay, so so listing them from 2010 to 2019, uh, The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Yep. Game of Thrones. I will go with Comedian in Cars Getting Coffee. Cool. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, 
Hannibal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. <laughs> I, I can support that. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Daredevil. Mm. Yep. Okay. All right. The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Star Trek Discovery. Move. Gonna, I know <laughs> we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> we're going to fight over 2016. 2017. 2017. So we're going to fight I think it comes down to Barry. Mm. Okay. And then the Watchmen. All right. All right. So that's your top 10. Why don't we start all the way at the beginning and The Walking Dead? Why'd you pick that uh, TV series? Well, this is Robert Kirkman's indie comic adaptation for AMC. Uh, their biggest television series to date. Uh, it, was, it was adapted by Frank Darabont with the help of Gail Ann Hurd. It was a short six-episode season that follows Rick Grimes in his quest to reunite with his family through the zombie-infested streets of Atlanta. It was my pick for best television series because generally just like it nailed source material to a point, but then it brought in great original writing in that. I don't think anybody had a big problem with that first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. And in particular, that's, that final episode uh, for me was great because it introduced something we had never seen before in all kind of a zombie lore. Uh, we actually got to see an MRI of, an, of a person infected uh, transforming into a zombie. I thought it was actually one of the most original things they've ever brought to kind of zombie canon. It's my pick for 2010. What do you guys think? Didn't that whisper that he did at the end not actually have a good payoff in the subsequent seasons? Yeah, I guess for comic book readers and that that followed the series, and it was something that was kind of was pretty obvious. It was a little mystery that they carried over in that, but it was the only thing that it revealed was that everybody was already infected. Yeah. No, ma- no matter how they died, mm. they came back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I'm not much of a TV watcher, so I won't be able to comment on a lot of the shows uh, on the list. But um, I did watch a little bit of this one. And I, I, I agree with uh, what you were saying at the beginning, Hawk, about how like with The Sopranos, there was a sort of a, a new uh, era sort of began in television. And from that point on, I think people were willing to accept it as a, as a more serious way of telling stories. Uh, they could get better talent. Uh, they could uh, uh, they could see they could you know uh, justify bigger budgets, and uh, yeah, The Walking Dead was just one of those. Yeah, it was one of those shows that like again up the bar, you know, in terms of like what they were willing to show on television to tell you know a, a story properly. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that uh, that pick. I mean, it's, it it was a a groundbreaking show uh, to start, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a great first season for sure. Memoir? No, I'm I'm with you on that one too. Uh, the the I mean the walking uh, the best testament to the longevity of a TV show is the fact that we're in 2020 and it's still going. Oh well, right. I don't know. Um, it's a testament. Well, <laughs> quality, but it's well, it's got it, it's maintained a fan base. Um, it's an insanely huge fan base sure. for yeah. good or ill. Um, I I, li- I like the series. I I had the same issues with this series as I did with some other ones that you have on your list that we will still broach. Where it's the when you have, I, I learned very early on to get very nervous with TV series that were based on uh, other medium that had not been finished. Uh, uh, it makes me nervous. And I, I, and I got nervous about this one the same as I got nervous about Game of Thrones for the same reason, which is yeah. what happens when TV passes the source material? Because it's very easy to do that. Um, thankfully, the TV show 
had enough sense to add filler where there wasn't in the comics to stretch the seasons out so that it wasn't as fastly overtaking. Right. Kirkman had enough sense to be like, I'm going to wrap this up now. Right. Because, and I'm going to wrap it up before we get to the point where the show overtakes the comics. Mm. Even though the the comic and the show, I have taken uh, different paths to the same result, which I'm also a a fan of because I like being surprised. Yeah. Well, when Frank Darabont was developing this, he didn't want it to be a direct adaptation of the comic books. Um, Mm -hmm. He didn't want it to just see what he saw on page. He wanted to build his own world. That's why a lot Mm -hmm. of the characters changed in the first season to what he wanted and what he thought was more interesting. Mm. And to be fair, his, um, his comic book was very, I don't want to say the, the characters were two dimensional, um, but they pretty much were, they were like stereotypes of various characters. Yeah. And the TV show, at least the first season, very, very much flushed them out in different ways. Yeah. 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 I appreciate it. And that's, that's just it. That was the one thing where, where I found the walking dead, succeeded where other shows have failed is that they were it was able to like i said it's two different paths to the same to the same end where the comics and the the tv show they they deviated a lot because they mm-hmm. changed around how things happened but there's still all the high points have still been hit mm-hmm. um and all the and they were each able to tell individual stories so even if you were a rabid fan of the comics you'd still get surprised with what they put on screen and i appreciate that from a tv series yeah, yeah, that's hard to do, and and they yeah. they they're the one show that has been able to 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 thread that needle of coming from a different source, but then yes. handling both ends of it very well. And the show was able to successfully make a breakout star of Norman Reedus, which I I will applaud them for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this. I hate this f-ing show. <laughs> like, I know. I, I, I know. I, I, Eric routinely sends me like you know, articles about the ratings. <laughs> Not the ratings, but how bad the episodes were. Um, sure. And I do watch an, a, an episode every so often just to be like, okay, I'm going to give it a chance because I heard this one was good. And I'll just sit there and be like, this show yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, at, at this point in the series there is a bit of a lost element to it uh in that yeah. it can produce really good individual you know single episode stories and that mm-hmm. uh and still you know end up t- kind of tanking on yeah some well and and that's kind of that's where big, i big threads i've f- <laughs> faded from viewership on it because they've now they have deviated now so far from the source material that i don't know where they're going yeah and that to me is it just seems like they're pulling threads right now that there's like, okay, we like this, these characters. Now we'll put them more at the forefront. Well, oh, they have to, because the, yeah. the focus of the actual comics has been, you know, spoiler alert, oh, yeah. not yeah. been on the show yeah. for like three seasons. <laughs> but there's also the, the part where they're like, okay, on social media, we'll be like, don't worry, Rick is coming back. We're making movies. So please keep watching. Cause we're going to connect them. And I just like, Oh, I hate, like, I hate. Yeah, who cares? Uh, My issue with Star with Wars was the whole <laughs> supplemental thing of getting the full picture not one of like not the only issue yeah. but one of my big issues with uh, the le- the most recent star wars is mm-hmm. and like having that be one of the main points of the walking dead at least i know a lot of people not a lot of people a couple of people that i know that still watch it are like well mm-hmm. i can't wait for the rick grimes movie and i want to see how it connects <laughs> yeah well and i'm just like uh i just, i i've the i think it's kind of successfully uh you know, continued on in the story and that, you know, even without Rick Grimes, you know, it has. Uh-huh. And, and I will, I will say this about whether you love the series or hate it. Um, like we were saying earlier is that uh, it, it was at the time, the only real hit that AMC had put out. 
That oh, is, sure. Um, which also kind well, of well, they had Mad Men. No, they had they had Mad Men, but they, they had, had Ray, Mad Men was bad. Uh, Mad Men uh, it was two thousand eight, two thousand seven. It was okay. seven. Yeah. So sorry. Then I'll yeah. say it continued the 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 string of hits that AMC yeah. put out. It was their um, mega they, hit for yeah. sure. It, they were it, putting out a lot of good shows in that in that period and that just before two thousand and ten. That mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you guys ever saw this one show. It was called Rubicon. Yep. I did not know. Uh, that was good. One season only. It was a fantastic yeah. show. Yeah, uh, it but it didn't have the viewers. Eight. So yeah. yeah, no, it was it was a spy show, and that and I yeah. found people really you know don't really like political spy stuff, yeah. especially yeah. when it uh, <laughs> connects to the now times. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. At least uh, then. But, but the point I was making with that is that it uh, really between AMC and uh, up till this point, even HBO had 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 hits, but not the the string that they had after mm-hmm. that it really brought the uh the cable like the specialty channels uh really strongly to the forefront where it became uh it wasn't just a oh there's like one show i'll watch and maybe i'll stream it it's like no it's now worth getting this network because mm. they have yeah. all these and especially uh talking dead which became almost as popular if not more so yeah. than it was more popular than the show yeah. because then you get to see <laughs> the actors you know after their episodes where they made their exits so i mean it wasn't it wasn't the um television wasn't the after uh this is a spoiler for people who haven't seen this but the after glenn episode more watched than the actual glenn episode yes everyone turned well everyone stopped watching after the first 10 minutes of the glenn episode because yeah. they they knew yeah. what happened and they were angry yeah oh um, yeah i think i think oh that was so mean what they did <laughs> well it happened that. in the comic book so but um, i love yeah, i, I know, love but the way they, they the way they faked it out in the yeah, show that was yeah, yeah. perfect though that was that, was that made me i laughed so hard because i'm like thank you you guys are so smart so yeah. I think the the reason why I don't think this should personally think should this this should be on the list is because I'm looking at this at a not yearly list. Mm-hmm. But if but more overall. if there are more bad seasons than good seasons in my mind, I don't think it should be on this list. And that for mm. me is why this would knock this off. Can I propose a counter uh, entry? Yeah, go for it. Um, well, okay. no, let's do it at the end because we're all going to go through it, right? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Are we all done with The Walking Dead? Shall we move to 2011? I think I'm pretty Let's good with it. that. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here's another thing that uh, that uh, hits that nail. <laughs> I know. Ties, oh, I know. This ties directly into what Matt said about source material. But, the, but uh, my, um, you know what? Again, love it or hate it. Up until the last two and a half seasons, the show was was consistently quality. Yeah, I would agree with that. It wasn't until they every that every viewer knew they are now they've now passed the books is where people yeah. and myself included they became it, the quality may have gone down, but everyone also became more critical because no one knew what was coming anymore. Mm. So, I, so sorry, sorry. We are of course say. talking about <laughs> HBO's biggest show to date, yes, Game, of, Game Thrones, of Thrones, which pre- yeah. premiered in two thousand eleven. Yeah, and why uh, did you pick it? In terms of success and cost, eagerly and weighted adaptation of George R. R. Martin's Song of Fire and Ice series, uh, the first season is an amazing book-to-screen adaptation. Uh, I, I would say flawless in the, in the execution uh, mm-hmm. in telling the story of Ned Stark and his family's struggle for survival in the political landscape of the Kingdom of Westeros. Uh, no other show that, you, that year had a finer episode than Baylor. I hadn't read the books at that point. But I was like, I was invested in this show and uh, episode nine hit and I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. We are, of course, talking about the beheading of Ned Stark. I remember seeing Twitter blow up and I was like, I wonder, I wonder how 
invested people are in Ned right now. I mean, people seem to be very into him. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't known though because I hadn't just played by. I think I hadn't yeah. read the book, but I'm like, oh, it's starring Sean Bean, so he's probably going to die somewhere in here. But I'm like, no, I'm like, no, they can't because they put him on the cover of like the cover art for the season. <laughs> Ridiculous. And then it happened. I was like, well. Thanks for keeping tradition alive, boys. There's there's only one TV show that he hasn't died in, right? Horatio yeah, Hornblower. The one, no, no, no. It's uh it's a it's another thing. Well, that, it's like steel he, or he something. He didn't die in that. Oh uh no, I can't remember. It, it, it he's the lead, but uh we'll have to look it up. I don't oh, think he's in Sharp is it Sharps? Sharps, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there are two things that you can always count on um from witness Sean Bean film. He's likely going to die and he will call at least one person a bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, oh, I was thinking of a different uh, show. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I have those books too. So again, because I don't watch much television, I'll just comment on this one because I did watch this one, and um, I I have a weird relationship with Game of Thrones. Um, I was aware of it through uh, <laughs> board games and card games, and I'm one of the few people who actually reads the text, the story text on these things. So I knew what was going to happen for at least four or five seasons. Uh, way wow. in advance, just based mm. on the clues and the artwork, you know. So, so I knew he was going to die, but um, nevertheless, uh, I liked, um, you know, how they just brought such quality acting and just again did it. They HBO just like put all the pulled out all the stops, mm-hmm. hired a great cast, uh, hired uh, at least the second money. cast, right? Sure, <laughs> but they, <laughs> they 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 put the effort in and they they again elevated the bar of what people can expect from television because mm-hmm. you know uh zombie stuff that was already you know that was already like a, a new level with the amount of gore they were willing to show but game of thrones because of it being a period piece again elevated you know the amount of time and effort they were willing to craft unique you know armor and clothes because you know it's not a real place right so so again they upped the ante with that show and and, and quite rightfully so and and very much, especially in the first two seasons, pushed the envelope with what people were willing to put on, put and see on television. Oh yeah. God, yeah. Well, I, and they get the lot from went, the book, which is yeah. surprising. I'm glad they aged up the characters because that would not have mm-hmm. flown. Yeah, that was a good. Yeah, they just had to do that. Yeah, and and you have yeah. to give um, Game of Thrones credit for making fantasy accessible to bros because yeah. that really wasn't a thing. Before that, well, they did it. They did it in this very clever way in that because, like, the thing we were invested in throughout the season is the interactions between all those characters and that. Because mm-hmm. through those interactions, we we're getting all our backstory and like yeah. the backstory of Westeros is so vast in that, and they were able to convey a lot. Uh, so, well, and, they, know, and they were quality writing, and they were very, especially in the early again into the early seasons. They you always knew that when you get to the last episode, that's where you're going to get the big action sequence. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. and you need to anticipate that you weren't just like oh there's an action sequence here and then there's some talking and then an action 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 it was it it reversed the pace from something like The Walking Dead because Walking Dead was very much a lot of action and then quality dialogue but you always knew that there was that looming threat where Game of Thrones you saw the looming threat coming like four episodes away and you're yeah. and you had the tension of everyone talking about it before it happened which was and yeah. mm-hmm. again quality quality writing and dialogue. Yeah. That's the that's the beauty of Ned Stark's execution in not the last episode, but the second last episode is that you knew that that last, second last episode it was going to go down. Yeah, uh, yeah, it began a weird tradition in that where episode nine seemed to contain the most of the most like kind of yeah. shocking moments of each season. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they so, started um, was, 
cutting the budgets and you knew that they're like, we're funneling all our money into episode nine. So there might mm-hmm. be a couple episodes where they're not really doing much. Yeah. But I mean, you always knew that, that you know, in episode nine, that was always the, that, that was the climactic episode. That was the one where you're, you're getting your, your, you know, battle of Blackwater. You're getting your battle of the bastards. You're getting all these epic, huge fights. Yeah. It's planned out and everything and everything made sense and led towards that. And there was a, a great flow and craft of every sequence leading up to that penultimate moment. Yeah. I love that episode 10 was always the aftermath and you saw what happened because of that destruction. Yes. I thought that was always a neat idea. Yeah, they, they didn't make you wait. It would always be the the denouement of that season and let you and then it would kind of set up all the threads for what was going to come the season after that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the one thing I think I had an issue with, um, was, um, double D, um, they, they, they've always been against adding too much magic into the show. And I felt that, that, that hurt. They, they added the red woman and like the brother, a little bit of the brotherhood, Mm -hmm. but they were always worried that the magic would, um, I guess pull people out of their world, which I can Uh understand, but I think it hurt the, the, the storylines personally yeah, as a feel, fan of the books. Well, and that I, especially as I watch it and then you could, like I was saying earlier, the further into the series it got where they were getting to the point where they were surpassing <clears throat> the, the written material. I think it became a matter of as much as we appreciate you didn't want to introduce this, you really needed to, because now you have to explain out all this fantastical stuff that's now coming in and you haven't really that, that was where I had a lot of the issues with the last couple seasons, where all of a sudden there was all this mystical stuff happening that they had actively ignored uh, right. clues for earlier on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, again, mm-hmm. I could, and again, I could appreciate that early on where they wanted to keep it very grounded. And that's why it was a big deal where, you know, Khaleesi has dragons because the dragons are extinct and magic isn't a thing. And then you started to see this resurgence of it but they kept skipping over the little clues that were leading towards the fact that it was coming in more and more. Yeah, so right. it went from like zero to a hundred where all of a sudden it's like massive dragons and everyone and people can resurrect and there's magic and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, what the heck is going on right now? This is some crazy nonsense. Yeah. I thought it was just that crazy red haired woman <laughs> with, with, with the plot device necklace. <laughs> now does anyone True. think that this shouldn't be on this list? Uh, by the, Standard of it being a groundbreaking and best show of that year, I think it deserves to be on the list. But of course, yeah. if we start talking about where they end up, then yeah, it becomes yeah. more contentious. But, I, but that's uh, a thing. Show endings is that's a whole yeah, other just debate, you know. Yeah, always hard. Yeah, and you as know, much I, as I, yeah, sorry, Hawk, or Matt, go for it. Yeah. Oh, no, I was gonna say, like I said, really for me, and you know, we, we are we discussed this when we were talking about the, the finale episode in the last season, uh, you know, last last year. Um, the last season I was grossly disappointed with, but everything leading up to that, even, you know, the, the last season and a half, you know, the, the last season and a half before the final push, I, I, I held it. I was having hope that they knew where they were going and that they were yeah. going to lead somewhere. It may not have been the strongest material, but I thought I always was going off the, they have a plan. Yeah. The fact that it didn't lead to a, a plan that everyone was happy with is not in, you know, I didn't write it. If I'd written it, I would have written it, wrote it differently. We all would have, but generally as a, as a series, it, again, it was a cultural phenomenon and we can't argue that. 
Yeah, it it hit the hit the world by storm in its first season. <laughs> the yeah. disappointment in it is a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, honestly, like I do like the last couple seasons, you know, disappointing, but whatever. Yeah. I guess, but it it was it did usher in a lot of mm-hmm. fantasy into the to the mindset of everyone, and it it allowed more fantasy to come into our lives and it things did. like Galavant. Would not have existed if you know that show didn't. Also true. And I appreciate that. And, and you know what? I, I this this is I won't buy something if I don't like it. And I have pretty much all the seasons on Blu-ray. So yeah. except for the last one because I've it never happened. Just it, can't. Do it. <laughs> I will get it one day. It, it's like the last half of the last season of Battlestar. I will one day own it. But um, oh, yeah. really, it, it still hurts. really. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's go to 2012. <laughs> 2012. Uh, I had some contention with Eric over this because uh, my, my interest was divided in that year. I would have picked your other pick, but... Yeah. I, I would have as well. Yeah. Well, what, what yeah, did you pick again? Uh, I had pick medians and cars getting coffee. In right. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I was, you know, Seinfeld was huge in the, for me in the 90s. And I thought, you know, that was a show like every every week, no matter what, I had to be in front of a TV watching it. And I, well, I, think, I still think it's one of the finest comedies ever written. Uh, and this was Jerry's return. Uh, for years, he had just said, "Yeah, I'm just gonna, not going to commit myself to anything on that." The way that certain, you know, the other cast members had after the show's end. Uh, so this was kind of a big thing, like a serial. His first kind of return to serialized entertainment, and that, and the way he did it was great. Uh, you know, two big, his two big interests in life: uh, cars and comedians. Uh, and he developed a very kind of weird format based on I, you know. Uh, the popularity of car shows and, and just having conversations with people. Um, so I'm going to throw this out there. It was comedians and cars getting coffee. Best show of 2012. Uh, and the subsequent years that have followed have amazing interviews. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I like, you know, I like me, the show. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I actually never saw it. So I, I like the idea of the show. Uh, I was never really a big uh, Seinfeld uh, uh, fan, to be honest, but yeah, the concept of the show uh, is appealing to me. So, yeah. but I, I like. and that was just it. I was, I, I, oh, well, I thought I was saying I hated Seinfeld as a TV show. Um, <laughs> it's, there were episodes I liked, but I hated the, that quartet. They, they irritated me beyond belief. Um, <laughs> well, this, I think this, this led to the controversial yeah. final episode, now, exactly. which I loved. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I've Taking- gone back and watched it since then. And again, I appreciate it as a whole. And it, is, it was groundbreaking and funny. I just personally yeah. did not like I'm like, I don't care. Um, but I was a big fan of the film that Seinfeld put out afterwards called Comedian, where he was kickstarting his comedy career again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where you're seeing him away from the sitcom world, and he's just going back to his roots and doing comedy. And I thought it was hilarious, because I always liked his stand-up. It was just the character stuff that bothered me. So this show, I, I do really like. I don't necessarily think it's the best of the year, but it's a, definitely a really solid show. I love, if I have to put around the house and clean, I will put this show on in the background and just listen to it, because... I could listen to all his interviews for days and not even care. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this wasn't even on my radar. Like I, I've seen the show, and like Matt said, I'll sometimes just put it on just to listen to people. But yeah, um, yeah I 
I, I have nothing good or bad to say about this show. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, well, I'm very interested to hear what you would yeah. have picked from that year. Uh, so, Oh, I have a, yeah, you'll, you'll see. I have, I have a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have nothing to say. I'm that, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. I, I love uh, the premise and I think it brought, um, because of this, I think Dave Letterman, um, his mm-hmm. show, um, yeah. his most recent show, um, came about because of something like that, right? Just yeah. having two people talk for yeah. a whole episode. Right, about right. Whatever. Same, well, and and there you do have to give it a credit in that, you yeah. know, because yeah. it, it just did start out as as just a web series. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing, I, I, the, what I will say about Community <clears throat> Cars, it is, it's one of those like foundation rocks of of television because you know every week, you know, every episode, you know what you're going to get. There's no, there's no controversial deviation. They're not going to do a, a shark jumping episode. It's just mm-hmm. Jerry's going to pick us someone up in a, a vintage car. They're going to drive around. They're going to talk some bullshit and they're going to get coffee. That's the episode. And I, yeah. that's why I love it. It's a great, reliable piece of television. Yeah. So is, many, so many people have ripped it off now, like James Corden and oh, other absolutely. people like that. Like yeah. it's just, it is that yeah. cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's an important, it's an important moment in, yeah. in television for sure. Absolutely. Once again, Seinfeld leaving his mark on the television landscape. Yeah. I don't know if this deserves to be on, at least it wouldn't be on my list, but you know, yeah. I, I, I appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so we move into 2013. 2013. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best show of the year. Uh, Brian Fuller's Hannibal, his adaptation of uh, the Thomas Harris's novel uh, Red Dragon. Yeah. Uh, it was bolder and scarier than most every other show that year, and it was on NBC. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Came down to some really great casting in this, and mm-hmm. Hugh Dancy starring as a criminal profile Will Graham and Mads Mikkelsen tackling the role of Hannibal Lecter in that. Yeah, He's right. Yeah. Like the third actor in the in the series to tackle the role, and he fit it in a way the other you know uh, other actors were good but didn't quite he didn't seem like a caricature at times like he just seemed like manipulative not manipulative but like so smart and so i don't want to say cruel but sort of cruel no cruel completely very cruel yeah it it seems deeper than cruel i don't know what a word would that sociopathic yeah okay there you go yeah yeah (laughs) like he had he had he had that that uh, shade about him that was always an element of the character yeah and it's what it what it's what gave him his insight right and that's that's why you know he, yeah. there's this this interplay right with hannibal yeah. right yeah um so no he played that role extremely well yeah yeah, yeah. his background was a lot closer to the way the character was written in the yes. novel and that eastern mm-hmm. european uh yeah uh, yeah, but much uh, more physical the, than the, yeah, the, the, the somewhat undiscernible Eastern European accent that they taught yeah. in Red Dragon. They talked about how there's that hint of, but you can't couldn't quite place where it was from. Yeah, they uh, talk about it in one episode, and that uh, when they're uh, a new profiler is uh, uh, going over a, a murder scene and yeah. that and giving her opinion of who the person was and that. And she was asked about his ethnicity, and she said, not American, <laughs> Exo- exotic somehow. And yeah, that's yeah. the quality we were talking about. It was probably the best shot TV show on NBC too. Like it was cinematic. Absolutely. It was gorgeous. Yeah, Just mm-hmm. like from those opening shots, like the, the murder near the tree um, in the first mm-hmm. episode, yeah. it was just like, 
I can't believe they have the budget to do this on NBC. Yeah, yeah. It was it was incredible. And it and it didn't it wasn't just like the pilot was that way and then the rest of the seasons looked sort of not that great, but close. It was always like top. Yeah, it was very consistent. It's true. It's yeah. true. I think the only thing this was actually one of the other few shows I've actually uh, watched. Uh, I think the only thing that bothered me was that they um it honestly felt like there were these it was like every insane like artistic serial killer in history was just operating, you know, in, in their backyard. That was like my only concern yeah. was that oh, yeah. like every episode, something really horrific and gruesome that mm-hmm. took like, you know, decades to put together was like culminating, you know? So yeah. other than that, that minor nitpick, mm-hmm. uh, the acting and then the progression of those characters. Was uh, see, I, I do feel, especially in the second season, the show really found its stride. Cause again, like the, I remember the first season was very much the, uh, the, the killer of the week. Yeah, uh, yeah. where it'd be like, and then, but yeah. then once they got into two, because they'd spent really the first season kind of building the relationship between yes. uh, Hannibal and Will, so that when you finally got to season two, all of a sudden it reevaluate you reevaluate everything, and that's when it right. started to, to slide into a lot of the Harris material, right? Yeah. Also, what yeah. also became the downfall of the series is when it had to try to slide into the Harris material, was, you know. Yeah. Because because Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's, I know what you mean about the, whole, the, the cliche of the serial killer of the week. Yeah. And that's why I can't stand watching Criminal Minds. Uh, you know, yeah. there just can't be, you know, because given how long that show has been on, there just can't be that many. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, at least Criminal Minds it deals with the, the country as a whole as opposed to just one city. There were some fantastic, they did have some fantastic uh, killer of the week. And there was one episode in particular, the guest star was Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Uh, you know, and at the moment where the, they go to his door because Will's figured it out and that he, Lance Henriksen's character is sitting there. He's an old man. Mm-hmm. He's waiting. His house is completely packed up and ready for moving out yeah. because he knows they're coming. Right. And he yeah. said, "Jail's going to give me a better retirement than anything I can provide for myself." Yeah. <laughs> Zing. I will. I will give credit to Brian Fuller. Since the show was canceled in 2015, yeah, yeah. 2015-ish, yeah. Um, every year he's tried to bring it back, uh, yeah. even though he's worked on other things. And now mm-hmm. that I don't even remember, was it ABC or something that they announced a Clarice TV show? Um, yeah. I think so. Yeah, he's been like. Why <laughs> we can just do it's this a, on the next season yeah. of Hannibal? That was a thorn in the side of the series for well, that's, CBS. That, all, that's, all this was based on Red Dragon. They didn't actually mm-hmm. control any of the rights to the Silence of the yeah. Lambs. Right. Yeah. That was it. Was all it was all uh, Fox that owned that, and that mm-hmm. was what that. That's again. That's why I said it's what bit them in season three. Is they'd finally they played out Red Dragon. They played out Red Dragon, and they even kind of dipped into the novel Hannibal a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they had to do silence, and everyone was waiting for them to do silence. And he's like, "We can't. We don't own the rights to that. <laughs> we, I can't. We can't use the names of any of the characters that exist in that." Uh, and then that, at that point, it's like, "Okay, but everyone knows that that's how it's got to end." So yeah. I guess we're gonna have to cancel it because they had no yeah. more material, and they couldn't come to an agreement because yeah. it was 2015, and Fox was still. Powerhouse, then. Yeah. Luckily, now it's owned by Disney and ABC, also owned by Disney, and they have the rights to Hannibal or yeah. the TV yeah. show. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, CBS is just like backs away from their stupid Silence of the Lambs sequel, Clarice. 
Um, question about Brian Fuller. Um, he seems to have this reputation as the one season guy uh, for a number of TV shows, you know, since, you know, Hannibal, he controlled, you know, for, you know, all three seasons of its production and that, but everything subsequent that he's moved on to in that from American gods onto discovery and that yeah. is, he's always been a one season guy. Usually um, like he'll develop something and um, he wants it his way. Like that's why he had with pushing daisies the way it was and yeah. wonderfalls mm-hmm. and all that. that. That was all him. But if, as soon as execs start coming in, like with, Star Trek and stuff. Um, He'll just be like, you know what? I have other projects on the go. I'm just going to go straight to that. Yeah. It's, he has a never ending list of projects he'll work on. And for things that he's passionate for, he'll, he'll fight for it. Like Hannibal. He fought for pushing daisies for years. Yeah. It just like never went anywhere. He's, he's a phenomenal concept. Uh, concept developer like if you give him the concept he can run with it and he'll make it phenomenal and he'll make it very unique where it's you'll have never seen something like that before and he's very good at finding those projects and cultivating those projects but yeah i think once once the networks decide oh my gosh this is really profitable we want a little more involvement to shape this he'll just go okay cool have fun i'm gonna be over here now yeah i'm gonna go do Uh, this other thing that's gonna also give me millions of dollars my address is still the same you know where to send the checks bye (laughs) send that dump truck Full of cash. Yeah. <laughs> the Han Solo way. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with this wholeheartedly yeah. on your list. Like this, the show is amazing. And mm-hmm. yeah. for those that haven't seen it, I think it's on Netflix. It's or still on Netflix. It is still on Netflix. Yeah. Is it still on Netflix? It still is. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't think it'll jump over to, to Disney. Yeah, they're not going to put that yeah, on, no. on, on Plus yet. Netflix, you can keep that. Yeah. Uh, for now, for now, yeah. for, they, they're slowly adding Fox stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know. Anywho. Uh, yeah. No, nothing else. No one else. No. No. Oh, great pick. A, a great pick. Good pick. Next. All right. 2014. Uh, technical note here. Uh, I pushed this into 2014 just to get Hannibal on the list, and that uh, technically. <laughs> Our next show began in December of 2013 for three episodes, not, but the majority of the season was 2014. So I thought it'd be, a, you know, I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. It's Adult Swim's breakout hit, Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick and Morty is a drunken love child of Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. Uh, <laughs> it is the most endlessly rewarding animated comedy series since The Simpsons in terms of the complexity of its humor and its protagonists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, we're all pretty familiar with the show. Uh, Rick Sanchez is the smartest mammal in all of the multiverse and his grandson, Morty Smith, a pubescent teen with his moral compass is constantly challenged by Rick's madcap adventures. Uh, they had, they have the most dysfunctional relationship in televised. Mm-hmm. You know, I just can't get over the dynamic of, yeah. of Rick and, and his grandfather and Morty. Yeah. And all of all stemming from the idea, the back to the future idea that uh, Matt set off Mike, but um, having uh, Doc be a raging alcoholic and Marty, Marty, being, Marty, being, Marty dumber. being dumber than he already was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> dumber than dirt. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I love this show. I, yeah. I think this deserves to be on this list. Yeah. It's another groundbreaking show because I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's just, uh, and it's so consistent too. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's one of those things like that. It's really surprises me, um, you know, for, for the type of humor it, it goes for. So yeah, yeah it's, it's and, great. And the humor based around hard sci-fi is really good. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. science behind mm-hmm. it is quite, quite surprising. I, I always look back at Futurama being such a smart and fun show because mm-hmm. it was all based on real science and right. Yeah. Um, all the signs that they talk about in Rick and Morty is pretty much based on real things too, which is yeah. great. 
Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's theories that do exist. They just haven't taken them anywhere yet. And then yeah. there's like, okay, well, let's run with this and see how silly we can make it, which is great. Well, well it's one of those sad testaments because uh, I, uh, this might come up a little bit later, but I've been very disappointed with a lot of science fiction television because it's not really science fiction anymore. It's a lot of drama, you know? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. anytime you actually get a sci-fi show that actually has sci-fi in it, it's mm-hmm. almost a small miracle, which is like yes. really sad, you know? <laughs> because like Futurama, like you just said, that was a great sci-fi show. I mean, yeah. people don't think sure. of it as such, but it was. And likewise, Rick and Morty as well. So, um, I, I, I love in this show that the, just the mind of Dan Harmon <laughs> could just do whatever it wanted. Like you saw little bits of it from Community, but this is because it's animated. He could just run wild and yeah. you can see his mind just going off. Yeah. Um, as, as the mad genius behind him, I know he's a little bit of a contentious person but you know oh. great i'm just amazed that that it's been consistent i figured he would have burnt out by now but it's, especially it's with good. the most recent season with that break you assume that it would yeah you know, yeah quality, quality would quality. Dampen that. But, but nope yeah first episode of the season uh you know it was another classics well that's what i was saying i think it almost helps he's at the point where he like that show can take extended hiatus for him to kind of refresh his brain and people will still be waiting patiently for it because you know, it's the show is that good. So he can take a, a longer break than most shows would get. And people are still like, Oh my God, it's coming back. That's amazing. And then yeah. as long as he spent the time to hit the ground running with it, people aren't disappointed. But it, I, I believe the last long break was because he was negotiating like every season he's had to negotiate for the next season. Yeah. Right. Um, but this last one, he wanted to negotiate multiple seasons. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to ensure that his writers were paid properly. Yeah. And all his voice casts were, um, they didn't have to go elsewhere, right? Because it was always up in the air and he didn't want that for yeah, his people. Yeah, lose them. Um, yeah. So that's awesome for him to do. And yeah. he has secured at least, what, three seasons right now? I think so, yeah. yeah. They, they're going for 10, aren't they? Yeah, I thought he secured a huge chunk was it, of them, was it, was I it longer? I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It, was like, it was like 10 seasons they secured. Oof. Yeah, so you got to you gotta appreciate that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, well, it's much. It's so important nowadays in that, especially with something like that. It began with it's kind of like a brainchild of a small group of, of people, and it's kind of stayed mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that it's making some pretty buku cash for the network and that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now that they're finally merchandising everything from well, that, yeah, it's just they, like you, you can't argue the numbers on it and even and the merch numbers especially. Like Yeah, it's yeah. one of it's one of the few shows that cuz you know like over the last few years like uh, I I this is some this has come up in a few episodes but like you know like with Mass Effect for instance, right? Like had they actually merchandised that like properly like before Mass Effect 3, I would have owned everything. Oh, I don't sure. understand why they took so long until like after I stopped caring, right? Yeah, Rick yeah. and Morty, they've been really on top of it, right? Yeah. Like like even like like I think by the time the second season they were already starting. Like they were really yeah. fast. Yeah, they they so, had stuff Speaking yeah. out slowly. Yeah. No, and now this really year, and you know, now this year, like anything else, you can get a pickle Rick ornament for your tree. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the least <laughs> surprising thing. I have a Rick and Morty lava lamp. What, what's in it? Is it just lava or is it like, it, is Rick and Morty floating around in it? It's based, it's based on the design of the car. Uh, so you basically see Rick and Morty, uh, you know, on a sticker on the outside of it and that, mm-hmm. and the, the, it's a, an elongated cockpit, and the gel inside is supposed to emulate uh, the, uh, you know, the interdimensional warp gun. Oh, nice. I, I got would, those colors. <laughs> I saw a, one of the portal guns 
as a lamp the other day. And I was like, oh, oh do I want to buy this? Oh. But I can't. <laughs> I was like, where am I going to put this? <laughs> yeah, the one dumb thing I came across that I just, oh, I couldn't get over was like the plush uh, dog, you know? And, and when you squeeze it, it was like... <sighs> Like the, it made such a horrendous noise, right? But that was from the episode. And it was like, yeah. it made me laugh every time. It's just so funny. That's amazing. I love like, and like they, we talk about the sci-fi parts, but he hits on pop culture in every single episode. And yeah. it's yeah. so distinctly yeah. like, you know what he's hitting on. Like oh, the snake yeah. episode yeah. when he made fun of Terminator. Just, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. So he's good. He's, He's got a little bit of that South Park element to it where, yeah, he, he really knows how to nail like this one sort of parody on every episode. Yeah. Like really yeah, second episode out, he was, he was mocking Inception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you get, you get a little bit, you get, yeah, you get, you get some South Park, you get a little dose of like early family guy with like sort of like the one-off jokes that just kind of happen. Yeah. 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 And, and a little bit of like, Futurama. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite um, thing that he does is when he'll, get Morty to be like, no, this is stupid. And he's looking at, like, he started looking at you yeah. <laughs> from the screen. And he's like, if you like this, you're dumb. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I like this thing that you're talking about. I know, I know you're right. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I guess none of, none, none of us will like not put this on here, right? No, no, it's no, I, I don't think yeah. anybody can safely challenge this one. Yeah, that, right. that's a good pick. That's good. Yeah, pick. yeah definitely. 2015. This is oh, this show. Yeah, this show that. But for 2015, <sighs> gotta give it its props. You yeah, know, really <sighs> solid first season. So my, I, pick I thought all the seasons were solid for this. For, for this one actually, show, yes, yeah. yeah. For this one show, I I really couldn't complain about any of the seasons, but yeah, for 2015's uh, Daredevil, it was Marvel and Netflix's first con- collaboration in, in the expanded universe. Uh, it's developed by Drew Goddard initially in that. Uh, he has a showrunner and the writer for the first two episodes, and that it was taken over by uh, Stephen Tonight. Uh, it was a, a dark hit, and it was able to explore this grittiness the movies couldn't go to. Now, in the seedy underworld of uh, Hell's Kitchen, uh, Matt Murdock, the blind lawyer with the heightened sensory abilities, uh, becomes a vigilante. Uh, and I love that they didn't have to rely on a costume. Yeah. 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 They did the yeah. black, they did the ninja thing, which yeah. was amazing. And, and it looked good. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I was a little disappointed when he changed into his costume at the end of that. Season. <laughs> <laughs> he looked better later, but, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah I, I was like, like the, oh, he looked kind of goofy. Yeah. The, yeah, the dark ninja <laughs> costume was real, real cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I and love that it, it ticked a few. Uh, the first two episodes ticked just the right amount of the origin story, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 The, the the backstory of the father, yes. and then the the the, yeah. the introducing little hints like they didn't know mm-hmm. they were going to get a second season, but they kept mm-hmm. on putting little hints of what would happen later on, yep. like the electric yeah. stuff, and you're like, yeah. oh god, just, yeah, the hand, just do it. Yeah. They did they did the comic book thing, and they made you want to come back, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because like, I mean, we, we all take it for granted now, but you know, before Iron Man, right, there've been all these like uh, runs with, uh, you know, superhero movies. We've talked about this before, but uh, you know, it's been, it's been off and on, you know, like sometimes uh, it works and sometimes people screw with it and, and, and it gets sanitized a little too much and it falls apart. And somehow, you know, in this era, you know, for these last 10 years, you know, starting with Iron Man, they've managed to capture that quality mm-hmm. that really drives the drama and the mm-hmm. excitement of the characters and not sanitize it. And uh, Daredevil was wonderful. I, I have to admit, this was one of the shows that um, I wasn't really big on the binging 
but I binged this one and it was just such a wonderful 14, yeah. was it 13 or 14 episode? Journey? Uh, I like, can't remember. It was, it was 13 each 13. season. Yeah. It was great in that you could watch it in like two episodes back to back and it was a nice sort of like pairing all the mm-hmm. way through, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I love this yeah. show. It's uh, I mean, starting again, starting with this show and carrying over really through all the Marvel television properties, may they rest in peace. Um, they they were able to do the one thing with the show that they had also done with the films on, a, on I felt a far a far better scale was they had they had great actors in place to play all the heroes yeah that was great but they had phenomenal actors in place as the villains oh sure oh man wow. Vincent D'Onofrio like, Vincent D'Onofrio whom like I I heard that casting and I was like I know he's capable of it but I don't know if he's Wilson Fisk and. God, I yeah. was so glad I was proved wrong. Yeah, yeah. He's done like a Joker thing now because like that character was always a bit of like a, a goofy, weird thing, right? But now yeah. with Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal, right. you, we can't go back, you know? No, and that's he's really set a, a watermark for, for Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. but, and, and that's across the series, like, you know, yeah. David Tennant in Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. like yep. taking the dumbest concept of a villain and making it so much more creepy than ever possible based yeah. off like i i was like really um even and i i hate the fact that i can't remember his name cottonmouth from luke cage oh um yeah because uh, his name is hard <laughs> yes Maharshala ali Thank there you. we go um, and now he's gonna be blade and now he's blade yeah, he's gonna be blade but yeah, i mean blade. again was like I wasn't a fan of, of Luke Cage and Iron Fist as much as I was of the other ones. Yeah. But his performance as Cottonmouth sold me on that series. Yeah. It was like, a travesty down. that they, they cut him off like halfway through the season. Well, yeah, but that's that was that, that show really dipped in that. It was after yeah. his death. It's shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Cause I mean, a hero is only as good as his villains. Yeah. True. If you don't have that. And I mean, especially with something like, with a probably like Luke Cage where, the character was usually teamed up with people. He didn't, there weren't a lot of standalone villains for him to face that mm-hmm. they would be able to make work in the, you know, 20, you know, 15, 16, because, mm-hmm. you know, the character in and of itself was <laughs> really contentious back when power man was created for the first time. And then trying yeah. to bring that character forward. There's not a lot of villains you can carry over that aren't going to come across as really offensive. It's true. It's true. You, mm-hmm. When you take out the only good villain you have, yeah, there's the, yeah. I, I did yeah. appreciate that those shows crossed over into each yes. other's show or not not fully, but like different people would come they, in and out. They, and it yeah. didn't feel forced, which yeah. is nice. Yes. Definitely yes. Set, they definitely set the stage for the Defender series in, yeah. and they had the time to do that, which was great because they needed to take the time yeah. on that. I wish, 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 I'm sure we all do, that they had been able to go farther with that. Yeah. yeah. Bring them over into cinematic like the original intention. But... Yeah. It is what it is. Well, I sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go first. No, I was just going to say it's it's kind of funny without intending to to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, the reason why Daredevil is such a groundbreaking show is it, it was the equivalent of Iron Man, but mm-hmm. on the TV side because it mm-hmm. did manage to to create everything that we've just been gushing about for the last <laughs> yeah. five minutes, right? So uh, I I don't know. I've heard some rumors that there's a possibility at some point that there might might be some resurrection of some of these people into the yeah. MCU, but we'll, we can only hope. Yeah. Their, their deal with Netflix is that these actors could not play these characters on any screen until at least uh, 20, 20, I was four years from the last episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I will give props to the show for introducing two amazing actors as these characters. John Berthnall as the Punisher. Yeah. On um on the second season of Daredevil, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wilson Beth Bethel as Bullseye. I yes. did not I did not um Bullseye always seemed like a not, he, a he didn't seem like an interesting He's character. He's a cliche. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. But but he was so much better on the TV show than in any medium that I've read. <laughs> well, no, the character is ridiculous. I mean, Colin Farrell did a real... Oh, <laughs> oh, I couldn't oh, even, even finish the there. No, you know what? I, I appreciate. I I enjoyed him in the in the movie. You enjoy that movie way no, no. too much for anyone who's balanced. <laughs> <laughs> the director's cut. Really. Yeah. No, the director's, the director's cut does not save it. Does it? Ah, okay. <laughs> TV, TV. Um, but Wilson Bethel, like he was, I did, I, I've never heard of this actor before. But him, like being cast as Bullseye, was perfect, and he was yeah. pitch perfect in that role. Yeah. No, all all the the villain, all the casting, and all those in you know the entire Marvel television, but especially Daredevil was like Daredevil especially was spot on with every character they had in there. Um, oh, and and props to Rosario Dawson for you know being the the rock in those TV shows as the oh sure nightmare. yes yeah. yeah no that was huge that was a big deal for mm-hmm. sure yeah this is why she deserves to be Ahsoka yeah yeah she she deserves a lot. She's had, she has a TV uh, comic book TV show coming out soon uh, next year or something. Oh, sure. So, anyway, I don't think anyone's are are saying this is a bad yeah, enough no, show to not be on. No, this it's list. definitely it definitely deserves to be on the list for for what it for what it created. It definitely deserves to be on that list. Yeah. Was it my 2015 pick? I don't know, but I do love this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Good 2016. Enough. My favorite show well, of the decade. <laughs> oh. And again, this was a show I had to be bullied into. And in that, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> on Eric on one side, uh, my brother too, he was like, have you seen this yet? You know, he kept bugging me about it. Have you seen this yet? I was like, okay. I watched the first couple episodes. I thought it was cute. Yeah. What show was this? was this? This was 2016's first season of The Good Place. Uh, the NBC mm-hmm. hitcom about a woman played by Kristen Bell who wakes up in an Edenic village called The Good Place after meeting an untimely death. Uh, and she hides a dark secret. They've mixed her up with somebody else and she actually belongs in the bad place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And it's, yeah, it's my pick for because of its great ensemble cast. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know how much better he could have got. You know, this is Ted Danson's probably his best show since Cheers. Absolutely, yeah. Chris Bell and uh, another notable William Harper Jackson. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, uh, Darcy Carden plays Janet, the lovable AI. Yeah, uh, and probably my favorite it was Manny Jacinto in that because his revelation in the first season was just <laughs> yeah comedic uh, genius. I, I have to give him props because I don't think I've e- I ever recall seeing a Filipino person on TV being played by a Filipino, uh, or at least a Filipino actor on TV. Sure. From what I can think of. I, I can. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's rare. And what a role. It's, it's a great role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's Filipino. Wait, is he Filipino on the show? Everyone that's associated with him, like family wise and friend wise, are Filipino actors. So yeah. I assume yeah, that I'm a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jason Mendoza. So that's, yeah, fair. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. <laughs> you, you also have to give props to Mark Evan Jackson because he's amazing mm-hmm. on that show, too. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Every, the you, whole cast, everyone, there is not a misstep with casting in that. Well, it's no. a Mike Sure uh, TV show. So you know that yeah. the, the talent's just being like, let me go on this show. Mike Sure being yeah. of the office in Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I haven't seen this show, but uh, you make it sound uh, quite uh, delightful. Steve, and, uh, you you would appreciate oh, so much so much peer pressure. So the, the, the <laughs> amazing thing—it's on, on Netflix. You can yeah, sounds like, good. You can stream it whenever, it's, but it's it's, it's definitely worth the first season. If you like, if you like the first season, you will love everything after. Cool, it. cool. Yeah, Steve, this is the it. only TV show where they have a philosophy. They have two philosophy professors as consultants on this show. Oh, well, that's a big plus and for it, me. So. And it's amazing. Like they. Oh yeah, they, they, they deep dive into philosophy on this show. Yeah. Nice, nice. Especially, okay. uh, especially like ethics. It, yeah, of it's course. A Thursday, it's a Thursday night sitcom on NBC, and it's sent, the centerpiece of the show is moral philosophy. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, well, you sold it. Yeah. I think they call it the the smartest dumb show on TV because as they're <laughs> teaching all these ethics lessons, they're also doing poop and fart jokes. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, and replacing swear words with shirt and fork. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, there, there was a time I wanted to bleep us out with those, but it just takes. We, we tried for like two episodes. Yeah, and then it just takes too long. <laughs> you had me on the show, and you didn't have that kind of time on your hands. And I was like, nope, I'm just keeping this beep button. <laughs> just yeah. beep is fine. Just keep that bleep button running hot every episode. <laughs> I think I'm running it hot this uh, one anyway because yeah, we talked beep. about uh whatever that show was earlier. Good lord. <laughs> Walking, Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the a good show, the good place. Yeah. Anything else to add to it? Yeah. Like, how how can you? It, it's hard because I I know how popular it is, but I don't ever want to spoil the first season. You can't for people. Yeah, you can't. No, yeah, yeah so I, I'm trying not to spoil it to that because, like, you know, it's it's again, it's all about the end. Yeah. Um, but every, especially every, with Steve not seeing it. Yeah. No. Every, yeah. every season. You have you have to find out if someone's watched the whole season before you can ever talk about it. Yeah. Mm, wow! And it's like okay. it's not it's not like one of those shows where they're like, oh, there's a twist every season. It just oh. it changes every season, and it it changes for the better to yeah. in service of the story. Yeah. Hmm. Like Interesting. The, 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 the stakes that the characters have every season they raise and change. Yeah. So it's like the, it's like a series where characters actually learn from things, and then there are consequences to their actions and then they deal with those consequences as the series progresses wow so from a sitcom it's almost unheard of really yeah yeah exactly having an actual continuity yeah and yeah. progression and, and i remember nbc talking to them and they're like we would renew this as long as we wanted and mike sure had a firm plan that he wanted to have only a certain amount of episodes because that was what the story yeah. required and he right. didn't want to pad that out Right. So that's good too. That's a good sign yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. He, he stood right. very strongly by the, this is, this is the story. I can't pad this story out anymore. And it, it would do a disservice to pad the story out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like it's smartly written and, and mm-hmm. by people who, you know, care about their story and uh, yeah, I'll probably have to watch it after the, yeah. uh, the next uh, show we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely oh on this list, this would be my number one fil- uh, TV show of the day. Nice. It's, it's definitely nice. up there for me, for me in the, in the years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many people I've harassed about watching this show. Like that, that's <laughs> how much I love this. Yeah, Everyone. exactly. But in, in, in a sense, you're doing them a favor. So yeah. I, well, I, I randomly watched it on Netflix after the first season finished. Cause it just uh-huh. went straight on Netflix. And I was like, yeah. 
what the hell is what? Because yeah. there's a was picture a of Kristen Bell. Of course, I'm going to click on that on Netflix. It also um, is the kind of show that you can definitely binge mm-hmm. if you so yeah. if you so desired. Like it's if you want to see more of it as it goes on. You're like, I need to know what's going to happen next. Cool. Yeah. I've never right. been sadder than at the end of that first season and being like, I have to wait months for this. Oh, yes. months. Yeah. <laughs> but then I bugged everyone about it. So it's you know. true. <laughs> uh, sorry anyway 2017 2017 yeah this is what i'm dreading a little bit <laughs> All right. I, probably should, I probably should have looked a bit harder in that but my pick for 2017 was star trek discovery and that basically because i'm a I, I, you know i'm a trek fan in that and it was great to see it back where it belonged yeah. on tv and that uh, it's gonna be. It's a contentious nominee for sure, but you know, I'm gonna stand by it. So it was. We developed. did talk about this a little bit after um, our Picard uh, quick talk uh, yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, um, so if, if nothing else, this first season gave way to, for the you know Picard to return to TV and that. So you know, that's you fair. Props for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I'll go on record. I haven't watched it. Uh, I've based my opinions based solely off what I've heard you guys say about it. So I haven't watched it myself. Um, Ozor, I, I haven't watched it in its entirety. I've caught a few episodes, which were based solely off the, uh, for lack of a better term, morbid curiosity of what you guys have been talking about uh, with it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's neat. It's not, I, I it's not high on my list, but I'm also not I'm not a rabid Star Trek fan either. So mm-hmm. it's one of those like I will watch it, but it's not a thing I've ever sought out. So. For me, it doesn't do much, but that's because I'm not a, a big Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Fair. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, Steve? <laughs> or wait, Hawk, did you want to go more before we, <laughs> we talk about it? Uh, I'll say this. Um, I thought it was a wonderful dynamic that they explored in that and the fact that they took the Federation and its concept of research and, you know, peaceful exploration and that, and they pitted it against the you know, the backdrop of a war with their, you know, one of their most fierce enemies, the Klingons. A standout for me for this season was the portrayal of uh, Gabriel Lorca by Jason Isaacs. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors uh, ever since uh, the show Brotherhood. uh, And, you know, every time they, they, he gets back on television, it's always consistently good. You guys probably haven't seen the OA, but he's one of the best TV villains. Hmm. Uh, Well, no, absolutely. I've seen the the OA. Yeah. Yeah. His I watch, unfortunately, great. too much TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his portrayal of Lorca throughout the season was always good. So. Yeah. Cool. Steve, yeah. you have any thoughts on this show? Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to do the Steve watches Discovery <laughs> Season 2 thing or not. Because <laughs> I've been dragging my butt on that. Because, uh, yeah, I, because I'm a Star Trek fan, I don't like this show. So it's sort mm-hmm. of ironic that that's uh, a reason to watch it. I just, uh, you know... I, I just, I guess, I didn't like the way the uh, CBS approached it from the perspective of uh, marketing because, um, yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies and continuity problems. And when you're when you have a show that actually relies so much on its history and has mm-hmm. that established history, uh, you can tell perfectly good stories without messing with it. So I, I just, I know I'm nitpicking, but I just don't understand why they needed to tweak so many odd things and insist that it's still somehow connected to all the other shows. They could have just easily just said it's another dimension and that's the end of it, you know? And, and yet they, they wanted to just, I don't know, play us against each other. And, and I just, I just didn't agree with it. Um, and yeah, I, I, found I, the- will, I will say season two addressed these concerns and that, okay, and I yeah. think 
quite nicely. Sure. I just think that, you know, like that's, that's them, you know, fixing something that they didn't need to screw up in the first place. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get through season two and then we can talk about it then, you know, but, uh, but yeah, no, I found the first half of the season, uh, quite trying actually. And the second half was, uh, was okay. Um, like you said, some of the acting is fantastic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just, it really kind of went in weird places that it didn't need to. And then it got kind of good. And then it ended like, I, I thought the ending was horrendous, but that's just me. So they did <laughs> not flood, for they me. Flood the, they flooded the final episode. I will yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 For me, um, I think I, me and Steve, we were both on the same page in the first half of that season. Cause I didn't, I didn't really like it when I first watched it. The second half I enjoyed mm-hmm. of the first season and the only thing I think of, of the last episode of the first season was the shot of the Enterprise. I think that was my favorite thing of that last episode. Yeah, um, but it, it's sort of but, funny. But that's it. Yeah. yeah, but this, this is this is sort of the discussion we, we always have with like, you know, Star Wars and we get go down that rabbit hole. Like it's not that hard. You know, yeah. you don't need to you don't need to flip over backwards to do something that will, will satisfy, you mm-hmm. know, the connection to the previous you just don't you don't mess with things. Just don't mess yeah. with things. It's that simple, yeah. you know? That's, so. that's the good thing about Picard is that they, as much as they're moving into new territory, it's still firmly planted within TNG, which is really interesting. Um, I think that it helps that Patrick Stewart was there along the way of them yeah. creating the series sure, to make sure. sure everything felt right. Mm-hmm. Him being a Star Trek fan as well, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I will give... I still have to watch that. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. I, at least I enjoyed it. I... I do. I think the cast for Discovery was really quite good. At least, I oh, like they're the, fantastic! Like, yeah. I love the secondary characters. I, I love the Mary Wiseman as uh, Tilly. I think she's mm-hmm. she's amazing. She's just hilarious. Um, I like that they had two people from Rent in the cast. <laughs> which, uh, as a sure. musical lover, yeah. I appreciate. Um, Mark, uh, what's his name? Anthony Rapp, Anthony Rapp and right. and um, uh, Wilson Cruz, who played Angel in one of the later mm-hmm. um, casts. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought they were all good. I love Lurka, like, like Cox said, but yeah, it's consummate, you know, he's what, you know, he's like what I'm always joking about, you know, your venerable British actor, right? Just oh, and Doug Jones. Always, how, how could we forget? Yeah, I was about to say, Doug, yeah, Jones. Doug Jones. Yeah. I mean, he's um, just, and he's your consummate like monster actor. Yeah. So. His, I, I, I think the first season he was sort of shoehorned into this one place where he was like, okay, danger is happening. My things are going to go all wiggly. Sure, and sure. Then that's my thing of the season. But mm. they got rid of that in the second season, and he became a much better character. I still thought, actually, I will say this: I thought he was okay in the first season because of how they set him up as this sort of antagonistic element, right, as mm-hmm. a holdover from the disaster that yeah, starts. I did appreciate the, that too. So, from that respect, he was always this sort of very suspicious character that needed to, you know, like re-earn the relationship, right? So, yeah, from yeah. that perspective, dramatically, I thought that was a good character as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was this my favorite of 2017? Nope. But, uh, I, I, I do, I, I am one of the people that enjoy the show. So take Fair that much. as you will. Yeah, I know this didn't get, I know this was a, this is a really divisive one. Uh, you know, I understand Steve's, you know, uh, you know, concerns about nitpicking with Kane and that, but, uh, I will say, you know, the one episode that really kind of convinced me was, uh, the episode, I think it was episode seven, uh, magic to make the sanest man go mad, uh, where they 
brought back classic villain Harry Mudd, uh, played by Raymond. Oh, that was brutal, though, because they <laughs> brutalized that character. He doesn't fit continuity at all now. He's a psychopath now. The psycho. And, and you can't he, go back and watch those episodes anymore. You can't. He's more psycho in the second season, too. Oh, um, my God. The, oh, great. I, I got to admit, this isn't even my top sci-fi show of the 2010s. There's something much better, but we'll talk about it in a bit. Let's go to 2018. 2018. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and it's another one I was a little divided on in that. So, uh, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with uh, Barry. Both uh, were good choices, too. So They were good, yeah. But I think Barry edges it out for me in that uh, it's a HBO show uh, created by Bill Hader and Alec Berg. Uh, it follows uh, the character of Barry Berkman, who is a contract killer. Uh, he's a former Marine employed by a CD family friend, uh, Monroe Fuchs, uh, played by the amazing Stephen Root, uh, who sets up all his contracts. And that Barry's heart's not in it. He, he see like this depression, like setting in on the guy and that. But uh, his new contract uh, reveals a new pathway for him. And that when he follows him into an actor's studio. <laughs> Uh, and so this brutal hitman in that uh, thinks he might have a career in acting. Um, standout performance by Henry Winkler in that. He won the Emmy for this role, actually. Yeah, uh, hmm. yeah you know, it's Gene Cousineau. Uh, he's this acting coach who's trying to push Barry to open up and that and get in touch with his real self. Um, <laughs> not knowing that his real self is just this horrible, horrible person inside. <laughs> Uh, it, it, there are amazing hints of the uh, Coen brothers throughout the entire season and that. So if you haven't seen it, you really should. It's a short one. It's eight, I think it's eight episodes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you've, uh, you've told me about this show before and, and yeah, you've convinced me. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I have to see this show. It just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I was, uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it and I've laughed at everything I've seen about that, but it's also, I'm a big mark for Bill Hader. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just I just see him on the cover and I'm like, okay, this is very intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I enjoy the show. I think it's wonderfully cast, wonderfully acted. It's funny and brutal at the same time. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a good combination. Yeah. There was, from there what was it a, sounds like. There was a fight in the last season that I watched and I was like, I can't believe how crazy that was. It was in just one room. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't even know how to ex- explain it without going through each move (laughs) it it was it was a good episode um and i got to i got to this show really late i only got crave last year because of uh the end of game of thrones so i ended up watching barry as well because hbo right it's really good like yeah Mm -hmm. no it's out it's i can't wait to see the show actually just because it just seems like such a quirky thing but with like hater in it uh yeah as the lead and and then you know Winkler winning the the Emmy for his ridiculous role. I I don't know. It just it just hits a lot of buttons for me. So I'm I'm really keen to uh, to watch it. And actually, on the note of the uh, the fight scene you were just talking about, I mean that's that's another thing that Daredevil did too, right? Like I mean, a lot of the shows we've been talking about uh, opened yeah. up new dimensions of television, like Game of Thrones and, and uh, uh, Walking Dead in terms of violence, right? But mm-hmm. um and probably combat as well in Game of Thrones. But mm-hmm. uh, but that was that was one of the more craziest things with Daredevil is like yeah like cinema level fight choreography. I mean, it's just it's almost like standard now, you know. In and television. you'd also you'd always wait for that long shot fight in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know I've talked about this YouTube series um, many times, but Quarter Crew is a visual effects um, team, and they have a YouTube channel, 
and they often get so often they'll react to CGI and then be like, oh, this is what they did wrong. This is what you know they could have, you know. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they'll get stuntmen in and talk about stunts. And they actually mm-hmm. brought in the Daredevil stuntman, yeah, from the TV show, and he talked about the like the the hallway fight, talked about right. the Punisher fight, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. Um, so um, Hawk, I was just talking about. Uh, Barry's <laughs> how funny and violent it is. And that yes, you know man. that crazy fight scene in the the last season, the one in the yep. was it the bedroom, uh, in the house? Oh, yeah, Ronnie Lilly, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. second season. Oh my god, it was so the good. Way that, <laughs> that way it built up in that uh, him and that dumb ski mask and that because he, he's he's decided at this point <laughs> that he doesn't want to do what he's doing anymore and that and his new con- the new contract he has to take out. Uh, he's trying to save him. Uh, and you get the it keeps following him into the interior of his home and that and you realize that the guy he has to kill in that is a taekwondo champion (laughs) 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 it's just like it's just oh medals and that (laughs) (laughs) and it turns into one of the most brutal like over the top like well choreographed action sequences I've seen in television cool cool yeah, I, I love Bill Hader, but I have way more appreciation for him after this TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. with all the fights and stuff. It's just, it's crazy. Cool. Definitely God, check it out. So, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Please. Was it my favorite thing of 2018? We'll find out soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't even remember what else came out 2018. So that's, oh, I've got <laughs> put that more. up the top. Unless hot, oh, there. like Killing Eve, the one that you had as your second. That was my really second show. Good. We'll talk about that, that later, was, but yeah. let's go to your last one, 2019. So my last, my pick for 2019, uh, I don't think I'm going to get much contest on this, at least from Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO's adaptation or direct sequel to Ellen Moore's mm-hmm. semi-graphic novel, The Watchmen. Uh, Damon Lindelof uh, brought us a surprise hit of 2019 uh, as it chronicles uh, not only the 30 plus years since uh, the the events of uh, the original characters from the novel and that, but uh, it also introduces us to the mysterious origins of the Watchmen themselves mm-hmm. and the alternative history that stems from a tragic real life event of the Black Wall Street massacre in 1921. Uh, for anybody who watched the opening on that, it, it's a it's a brutal, devastating scene. I did yeah, not man. even realize that was a real thing. Yeah, I, nobody I did. Me and Hawk Until were talking about it. the show, and you're like, "This yeah. thing actually happened." I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and they pulled no punches with it. You know, it's typical of HBO and that. Uh, so, Regina King stars uh, is top billing in, in it. Uh, we also have Gene Smart, Tim Blake Nelson, Jeremy Irons, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, yeah. Mateen the third and Don Johnson. It's a mix of new and old characters looking for answers behind uh, the white supremacist movement inspired by Rorschach, uh, mm-hmm. known as the Seventh Calvary, and the murder of a police chief by the most unlikely of perpetrators. Uh, and it, the writing, direction, everything for like nine nine episodes was perfect. I, I, I love how many people were angry online that Rorschach was being used as <laughs> as a symbol. And I'm like, do you not understand this character who went to the extremes 
And yeah. Alan Moore himself was like, you shouldn't like this character. He's not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to think about like contextually what he like based on everything that had happened leading up to the end of Watchmen, what Rorschach actually did with the continuation of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's who's going to pick up him as a symbol. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. I actually uh, haven't watched this yet because I was a little bit unsure as to what they were going to do. So I, actually, I'll ask you some questions. So from what I understand, then, <laughs> this is actually a continuation from the graphic novel, not from the movie, right? Like, right. This no, is set no. Like, okay. And In fact, uh, they correct the one thing that the movie, um, you know, changed. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah that's what I heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They showed the squid attack like yeah. in the series. Like it was incredible to actually see. Interesting. I, right. It blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe they actually showed it. Um, yeah. And it because looked good. I, I was okay with that change in the film because I thought, mm, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off, right? But to find out that they have pulled it off in the TV show, it really intrigues me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact that um, we get to see that Adrian Veidt realizes that he didn't save the world by doing that. Like that, mm, yeah. seeing, his, mm. seeing how he takes that, afterwards mm. is is so interesting yeah. wow. so good. very interesting yeah it's the yeah. the repercussions from it there's they're as clean an ending as as the watchman graphic novel sort of had yeah you see the you you it follows all the threads that exist in the graphic novel and then takes it to the <laughs> progression that would happen in that universe and you sit there and go wow yeah well this sounds amazing because like i mean uh we talked to in a previous episode about like how uh uh, the Dark Crystal, um, you know, TV show did such a fantastic job of elevating through a prequel, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the movie. In my opinion, it is actually better than the movie, of course. Yeah. But I uh, I'm amazed that a sequel uh, also like, because Moore's got nothing to do with this, right? No. Yeah. No, yeah. So again, something that is very much inspired, uh, but is so carefully thought through that they actually make it work, you know, yes. a, you know, to, uh, to a, a fairly complete story, you know, so that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the show. Oh yeah. No, there's no question mark as to there's, there's never a point in time where it's like, eh, I, any of the, the sort of the, the plot hiccups that occurred occur in a way that makes sense based on the material that's there where it's, sure they explain it out because it's a fantastical world and that's sure how they can explain that. Um, so it's, it's, it works that way. Cool. You, awesome. have to, you have to, it's especially about three episodes and you have to remind yourself that it's still the universe of the Watchmen. Right. It's, right. Like it's other than that, it just looks like a, it's sort of treated like a dystopian future. Right. But it and is you the have Watchmen to remind yourself future. that this yeah. is the Watchmen's future and that's cool. why X, Y, and Z. Cool. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, one of my favorite episodes of TV from the past decade was from this show. Nice. And it was episode six. It was the mm-hmm. extraordinary yeah. being, hmm. which um, yeah delved into the background of one of the original Minutemen. Cool. Yes. The ori- the original Minutemen. Yeah, the original Minutemen. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't, it, It's yeah. such a well done episode. Serious in general, like mm-hmm. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about this show. And I'm sad really that the second season is not going to happen. So, well, yeah, it really doesn't need to. I mean, no, no, what we got, it's perfectly encapsulated, yeah. like the graphic novel itself. It really doesn't. It okay, didn't. that's good. Yeah, because yeah, I heard, uh, I heard there wasn't going to be another season. So, well, and that's sort of the problem that they that they ran into with that is that they like this this series works 
in the context that it has. If they were to try to extend it out any further, they're walking, they're treading very shallow and very, you have to be very careful because then you're entering into DC territory. Right. Because of what the DC did with Doomsday Clock and all that, they have to be very careful because how much of it do you then want to tread on and use for inspiration, et cetera, so on and so forth. It's mm. best to just be like, do a one and done and yeah. you can walk away clean from it because otherwise then you start grasping at straws and then it muddies the whole water. Hmm. That's not saying okay. that they won't do it. Uh, yeah. Damon Lindelof, who's the, the producer creator, he <laughs> said that his story was only going to be one season yeah. and he fully gave HBO permission. If they wanted to explore the world more, they can, but he told his story and he's done with that. He didn't want to. He didn't want to do his lost thing where he kept going. Right? He didn't know what <laughs> yeah. to do. Oh, so smart. He, he learned, learned his lesson. But that's yeah. good though, because I mean, sometimes it's better to be like, "Here's the story. Y'all can do with it however you want." And he told but a good one. Been, uh, so he's been on a redemptive arc since the leftovers, and that uh, that's an that's a series I want to catch up on myself. Mm-hmm. And that apparently, like it's it is three seasons of perfect entertainment. That is on yeah. my list. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna add that now. Yeah. All right. Any any thoughts on the final thoughts on uh, the Watchmen? Um. Again, it it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I I did blitz after Hawk. After you sent us your list, I made a point of blitzing it so I could watch it because I've been yeah. kind of putting it off. I'm like, I will watch it. I will watch it. I said, you know, screw it. I'm going to do it, and I did it, and I'm happy I did it. Yes. Nice. Uh, I'm also happy that I waited till the end, like yeah. to, to to be able to watch it all at once because I would have been going insane if I tried to. Watch oh, it was maddening. It was yeah. so maddening. <laughs> Especially episode eight. I know. Yeah. No, I would have lost my mind. I'd have been like, I can't just, I can't just show me all at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. There was, there was a lot of good TV last year though. So I yes. can see how it would be contentious in that list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So. We made it. Hawks list. We've gone yeah. through. It's good picks, list. bad picks. The Walking mm-hmm. Dead being the bad one, but um, <laughs> no, I disagree. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I don't disagree with that one, but I have like I, I have my list as well. So, and, so let, yeah, let's go. Let's go. List. Let's start with Matt Moore, and we'll see okay. what uh, things you have there. Maybe I'll, we'll have some crossover yeah. with my list. I'm I'm gonna go. I went year by year as well, and this is just some uh, quite a few. I agreed with you, Hawk. Just a couple. It's. Not even so much in agree, but I want to give an honorable mention to just so people don't forget. Right. Because um, like I said, I gave my opinions when we went through it show by show. So for 2010, um, as, and again, as much as The Walking Dead was this grand cultural phenomenon, there was another show that started in 2010 that was its own small phenomenon in its own way. And that was the BBC's Sherlock. Uh, yep, that's on my okay. list, too. Uh, that was on my uh, list, yes. too, actually. Because it gave us, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman in a temporized Sherlock Holmes series. And again, it's ran from 2010 to 2017 off and on. Again, love. And there's always talk that it could come back. Too, it can so. come back. They have enough material to draw from and they don't do that much of it. So anyway, so that was one I had to put it on there. It was, I like Walking Dead. But especially when we're talking about like you want to go like consistent quality, Sherlock is Sherlock and will always be Sherlock. So that Very was a great choice. That was my 2010. Their Moriarty was so well cast. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Well, and again, it's the beauty of BBC is because every see every season is a series in and of itself, and they you know they may bring it back, they may not. So they have to they always plan it to be self-contained because you don't they don't know year to year because BBC. 
2011, again, Game of Thrones, um, it set such a precedent. You can't really argue that. Uh, uh, 2012. I have a good 2011, by the way. Okay, You'll like uh, it. Yeah. 2012. I have a weird one. Um, I really only had Game of Thrones because I wasn't watching a lot of TV then. But 2012, I like comedians. Your second choice, Hawk, I will out you right now, was Key and Peel. I love mm. that choice. Oh, of the two of them, I, pre- I prefer that choice. Same thing on the that, two. I know. Um, I have to give an honorable mention to two other series. One of them is Veep. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that show. Because it also brought Julia Louis-Dreyfus back uh, into the In film. a great role. In, In a, a good role. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that show still going on? No, it's done. It, oh, but um, it's, it's on just, though, right? It's, it's still playing. I think it's just finishing up. Okay. I think. I I'll, have a, I'll, oh, I'll no. check it. Um, and again, since just we're, we've talked about, um, shows that became cultural phenomenon, we would be remiss to not mention Arrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It I considered Arrow for a bit. Yeah. I not, again, it's, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the DC television stuff. Generally, I just, it's, it's too much television for me. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But that being said, the fact that you have Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl and Batgirl and Legends, Legends. of Tomorrow and Black Lightning, all of which are tied together in a way that, you know, in a, in a scale that Marvel had never been able to achieve. And DC was able to do it on cable. Yeah, I, I applaud them on that one. So I, I would be, as I said, it, not a fan of it, but I couldn't let it not be talked about. Yeah, the, no, the way they, noting. yeah, the way that they they changed a little bit of the DC history for those characters, yeah, was actually done pretty well too, and they yep. made mm-hmm. some goofy villains into likable ca- characters, and yeah, like yeah, I, well, I, I always I appreciate that show. So. I was considering myself a bit of an elitist because you know I knew what Suicide Squad was before anybody, and I knew yeah. what Deathstroke, the Terminator, was before anybody, yep. and now those things are synonymous because of Arrow and. The yeah, third movie. Um, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, no, it's true. That's a show that has to be. Uh, yeah. That first season was was actually very entertaining. I mean, it's mm-hmm. goofy, it very tightly really dumb, yeah. but it was fun. It was a fun was season. Fun. So yeah, and um, once like and the popularity to build that universe. Yes, like mm-hmm. not many shows did that. Not even Smallville no. did that. Right. True. So, exactly. It, it really took it and ran with it. So again, like I said, I'd be remiss to not mention Arrow. Key and Peel is my is my my show. I love it. I love me yeah. some. I love me some Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peel as we have gone over. <laughs> Their sketches were fantastic. Hey, um, hey, Ron. Because they brought it. It's because at that time they brought us Luther Obama's anger translator and <laughs> and, and also the such a great Obama. West Collegiate Bowl. Which if you haven't seen those sketches, seek them out. You will not stop laughing. Oh my god. Uh, you're making me want to watch it right now (laughs) Uh, and they're all available on crave so oh yeah yeah you're right yeah um so that was yeah so that was my 2012 uh 2013 again i I will go with hannibal on you i love that show yeah do you have to give a shout out because it did technically set the precedent two years before daredevil agents of shield okay which again it started really strong it just but, yeah. could not maintain based off politics yeah. that were uncontrollable, but it, it started and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really was what started the Marvel television universe <clears throat> that then got picked up and ran with. And we'll say, that's all I'll say about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not my yeah. best show of the year. Hannibal certainly beat it hands down. 
had to give the shout out to Shield though. You have to appreciate yep, that the enough. best characters on that show were two scientists. Yes, so, yes, you do. Yeah. That and had I no do. powers. They're amazing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 2014 again. Uh, I like Rick and Morty. I'm a big fan. This one is just a personal one for me because I love the show more than most people did. Is uh, Gotham. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, because as much as the heroes were cast real well, my God, did they cast the villains well in that show? Mm. Yep. Yeah, that dude that played the penguin was surprisingly good, especially yeah. after watching him on uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, I know that. Uh, Robin, uh, yeah, Robin Lord Taylor, uh, phenomenal. Really, everyone. Um, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Ginger Kid from Fallen Order. Oh. Um, yeah, Monahan. Cameron, yeah, Cameron Monahan. Monahan as Jerome Valeska has again redefined that role, and and he did it twice because he, or sorry, technically he did it three times, where he read he redefined the same role in the same series, and I give I will applaud him for that. I, consistently, not the best series out there, um, and in the last two episodes of the series, I was not a fan of at all aesthetically, but they stuck to their guns and they, they were able to continue the same thing that had been started with Smallville. Right. And in a, in a way that made more sense in my mind with Gotham that Smallville did. Cool. Nice. Small, right, Smallville fair. bothered me because they all of a sudden got to like near the end and all of a sudden they started introducing all these different villains. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was yeah. a bit of a scatter shot. Yeah. Uh, Zodiac is all I'll say on that one because that's like, <laughs> oh, stop screwing up villains. Um, anyway, so yeah, Gotham for me. I like I, I love Rick and Morty. Gotham for me will be is my pick that year. Um, the 2015 again, the Marvel Television Universe was Daredevil was great. I'm a, a bigger fan of Jessica Jones. That was just me. I love because again, that series took a risky character, and yeah. between yep. between her and David Tennant, they made that series work. Yeah, they that that character was not someone I really liked, and they made her darker and better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's still the casting, right? I mean, we've yes. been talking about that, but both of them were so extremely um, well cast, and and so well so that Marvel has adopted that as the portrayal. That's how they portray Jessica Jones now. Mm-hmm. Like they've yep. really adopted that that character, and that's the character that they ink now. So I'll give them credit for that. Uh, I have, and again, I have to throw this out here just because at the time the cultural phenomenon that it became uh, was uh, Netflix making a murderer. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. It was, and again, it was not. The show was not for everyone, uh, and it was not an easy series to get through. But no. the nature of that show and what happened because of that show would be remiss without bringing it up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that yeah. the show aired to the point where they reopened the trial, right? Um, yeah. You know, and really, the, the only other time that happened was with uh, Serial, the podcast, where you know attention was drawn so much to something that they reopened the trial. So, again, just from a cultural standpoint, that was significant. But again, that show was not for everyone, and nor would I yeah. recommend it for everyone. Um, yeah. I, I believe it is still on Netflix too, if you go looking for it. But uh, now they ha- they have two seasons right now, and I actually watched the second season. It, it would you know it it was comparably good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, 2016, yeah, the good place. 
uh, again, that for me was the best the best premiere that year. Uh, I have to give a shout out to Westworld because it also premiered that year. Again, the that show was on is, my list. <laughs> yeah. And it's not again the show's not for everyone, but if you're a fan of like your game, like your Walking Dead's and Game of Thrones, it's, it's along the same vein. So and it's still in early days right now, so you can still jump on that bandwagon and give it a watch. <laughs> That's also um, I'm pretty sure they said they they're doing a, a strict number of seasons for that because of yeah, the oh, good, good. Well, yeah, they because they were they're sticking with the book. They're not surpassing that. They're just they, taking they, the time. Westworld has surpassed the book. Uh, from yeah, what, it right? it, yeah. yeah well, there's the very book, little story. This yeah, section. the book, yeah. the the original um, movie was the original um, story that he made into the book. Like he oh, wrote okay. the script first. Um, and did the book, so the yeah. book the book is pretty much just a park. Okay. Yeah. Oh, either way, either way, it's it's a great show. Uh, you know, it's it's again science fantasy, but you know, a little. A little I would put science. that more into fiction. Like the science yeah. is is it gets better in this. Like they go more into the science in the second season, which I okay, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm still catching up on it, so I didn't want to speak. Yeah, speak yeah. out of turn on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we get to 2017. Um, and again, like I said, I'm I haven't watched Discovery regularly regularly enough. Um, but I have a couple from that year and for me, it's really tricky because I like all of them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. 2017, I'm going to start off with the handmaid's tale. That's my 2017. Yeah. Cause that one That's is yeah. again, cultural phenomenon that is still running rampant and good for it. Especially yeah. as, cause I mean, the last time it really was at the forefront was in the eighties, I believe with that real interesting film that came out. Yeah, 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 and Natasha mm-hmm. Richardson and and Robert Duvall when he still had hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, twenty seventeen. We also for those that are fans of uh, sci fi, but like it a little on the lighter side. There's also the Orville. <laughs> right. Shows <laughs> wanted me to mention pick. this one. <laughs> I figured he would. Well, um, I I have to agree with that one because it's more yeah. Star Trek than anything else. <laughs> that year. The Orville <laughs> feels like TNG, but with a little bit of Seth. It's Seth Seth MacFarlane doing TNG, and And it gets it gets like pretty serious pretty quick. Sure, and like the the second season's really good. Yeah. Oh, it's it's another again another great show. Uh, And for me, really, if you're coming down to it, my number one for 2017 on top of everything else I've mentioned was Happy. Mm. (sighs) I love me I love me Chris Maloney. I love me Patton Oswalt, and I love me. Ridiculous violence. I got yeah. I went to the premiere of that in Toronto. Yeah, that that was that was a weird. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is it is a weird show. It is so darkly funny. Yeah, that and it's one of those. The more you watch it, like you'll laugh and then you'll finish the episode and go, "What the hell is wrong with me?" Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but it's just it's so ridiculous that and you have to you can't forget how ridiculous it is. As much as Chris Maloney is a phenomenal actor. Patton Oswalt as the blue and purple winged uni- uh, unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. Yeah. Um, like, good lord, that's just I love that show. I'm Did they renew that for? Oh, it's gone. No, okay, it's it was yeah, done after it, it, the second season, and then they they, and they mixed it because the ratings started to slip because people yeah. were like, "This is getting a little intense, even for us." <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So that's my 2017, uh, 2018. Uh, again, Barry, I've only seen a bit of it, but I love it. Um, you got two more, and these are more just honorable mentions, and they are the best of the year. 
Uh, but the 2018 show Dark Tourist premiered on Netflix, which is a mm. very, very cool sort of travelogue series if you have a chance to watch it. Uh, where they, they go to uh, touristy places that are not capital T touristy. They are very like niche tourist. All of oh. it's very dark. All of it's very creepy. Like there's the whole, you can go on a vacation to, um, what the hell's his name? You know, like a cartel. You can have a cartel vacation in Mexico. Mm. Where they take you to a you know, compound where Escobar was killed that he used to own. It's uh, it's a very, it's an interesting show. It's very neat. Again, not the best of the year, but certainly very neat to watch. Uh, and another one for me, and this is purely because of my my personal taste, is a show called The Fix hmm. on Netflix, which if you haven't watched, I would recommend watching. It's hosted by comedian, a British comedian, Jimmy Carr. <laughs> and every week he has a panel of four guests on and they tackle one major topic affecting the world and then fix it in 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. Cool. So they just they just debate and say, so how would we fix this? And then they vote on who they think has the best fix. And they say, cool, we fixed the problem now. Next episode, we're going to talk about this. And it feels like the wage, you know, the, the wage gap and equality and gender issues and like heavy, nice, heavy topics nice. that they trivialize in half hour episodes. Right. So it's it's very very fun, and they give you the science and the facts on it as well too. So it's not just them kind of bullshit around it's it's very silly it's very funny i'm a jimmy carr fan so that's why i love it but again cool. not the best of the year 2019 however oh oh lordy was there a lot of television in 2019 yeah <laughs> um and which is a real testament like there was a phenomenal amount of great tv shows many of which came out within the last three weeks of the year <laughs> um watchman was great um Again, we can't talk about 2019 and not talk about The Witcher. That was mine. Nor Do your one. <laughs> nor can we not talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, and the one for me, which I, when I was talking with Eric earlier, that he completely forgot about was uh, The Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all, that was all this year? I remember early 2019. It was like February. Yeah, that's right. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, sorry. I do. I do want to go backwards. Give me one hot second because I forgot to look this up because I'm a big dumb idiot. So I'm going to babble on for 13 seconds while I'm not at all looking something up on my phone while we're recording. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say actually, I'll cut in and give him some yeah. some breathing room. Um, I because I don't watch as much. I have a couple that I wanted to toss in, but I think Eric, maybe you should go last because you can actually talk about the shows that you're going to. Because mine is more of a. Steve to watch list. Uh, I only watched a few of the things I was going to mention, but these are ones I want to watch. Um, and I don't have one for every year. So, all right, cool. Matt. Okay. Sorry. This is where I screwed up. I actually didn't have a choice for 2018 and I had to check the date on it. Um, my top show for 2018 was the haunting of Hill house. Yeah. Oh, I was surprised you didn't put that one on there. I, cause I couldn't remember if it was 18 or 19 and I forgot to look it up until I got to 19. I was like, Oh yeah, I did watch that. Cause I, I had 2020 in my head because that's when it's coming back is uh, this fall. Now, Matt, uh, cause we're the, well, I mean, it's like guess several of us are actually into the horror. Um, have you guys all seen this, this show? Hill House? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I haven't seen all oh, yeah. of it because it scares me. Oh, okay. Well, I was just curious, like in terms of its relationship to the original, original black and white film and story, like, like how did they um, create a show? Like, that's what I'm curious. Ca character about. Uh, it's based loosely. Uh, okay. it's, uh, Very loosely. All the character names are the same. Yeah. And it, it takes place in a place called Hill House. Okay. All right. Uh, it's, it's good, though. I mean, so. 
Oh, All right, I'll have to check it out. Right. Now I'm it's thinking right about that, that, those, that TV show and it's scaring me. Because <laughs> <Good laughs> now, now I'm looking at your freaking screens on this video chat and I'm expecting a ghost to show up. God. No, but that's how yeah, my lighting's not good. Eric, that's not how it works. It would be a ghost like sitting in the back corner that you wouldn't even really notice for like, the I first know. 10 seconds. I know. So they do the entire series, they do that. There is, I was watching this show and uh, Jen show? would walk behind you sometimes. Yeah. And like when you were recording this, and it would scare yeah. the crap out of me during that time <laughs> I was watching this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, like, I think the final count, there was like a hundred some odd ghosts hidden throughout the entire series. Wow. Like all hidden in plain sight, but you have to look for them. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. All right. All right. I'm going to definitely and, check this uh, show out. And this, yeah, the, uh, it's this fall, they are launching uh, The Haunting of Fry Manor, which is the second season. Okay. They're treating it like American Horror Story, where the entire cast is coming back. Oh, they're all playing different characters. So they're making the, this is Netflix's oh, that's uh, anthology series. I'm sorry you didn't put American Horror Story on your list. Yeah, that was another one I was wondering. Because that was an early, yeah, it was it was an early one, yeah. I thought about that, but it's one of those. Um, it's it, for me, like for me, Haunting of Hill House was a phenomenal series, even if it's just that season. Sure, American Horror That's, Story. Yeah. I could go year by year and pick which ones, which which AHS I liked that year. Because mm. there were some seasons that I loved. I loved. There were some that are like that was all right. Right, uh, and that so that just becomes a rating of AHS that I'm not going to get into because there were again there was as a whole American Horror Story is a phenomenal series, but you have to pick and choose your spots on it because there are some seasons that are really weak and some that are really intense. Sure, like sure. sorry, was it weak as in it wasn't a good season or it's just not as good as the others? Uh, a little of both sometimes, in my opinion. There are some that were like just not as good as its predecessors. There are some that are just even after that. I was like, eh, it was all right. Um, and that's just the nature of it. But that's, I mean, that's just when you have a serialized show, not every story is going to be great. The ca- the cast on that is phenomenal, and I applaud all of them, and always will applaud them. But yeah, that's there are some years that are better than others. Fair, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, Steve. Um, yeah, all right, that's that's my my great. Uh, that was my good. Great that was a good. It's a good list. Yeah, I have to take a bunch off my list now. <laughs> well, I don't make it easy for you guys. No, no. I mean, you should talk. You should talk about some of the ones that are you know more in depth if you want. Right. I don't think mine. There's would only cross a couple. I would do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think we all actually had Sherlock on our our 2010. So just just an honorable mention mention because yeah, it was also phenomenal, very much like Walking Dead was, but that was on my list. Um, I do think Game of Thrones is the most significant one for 2011, but I did want to give a small mention to The Killing. Um, Yes. Just, you you know, I I think my list is actually kind of a bit twisted because it has a lot of that type of thing. But that's one I just thought I'd just mention very briefly. I actually didn't have anything for 2012. So, um, Dean Peel, Veep, Comedians and Cars, great year for comedy. Um, And then 2013, uh, I would also agree with Hannibal. Mm-hmm. I don't have any other suggestion that year. Now, 2014, I actually do have one. Um, and it was the first season of uh, True Detective, which I did actually yes. watch. And uh, that was a phenomenal piece of just drama and acting and storytelling. And um, I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to give anything away. But I never it, saw uh, the second season. Was it good? No, a lot don't. of people. Uh, no, it yeah. wasn't great. Yeah, so, like, it, had, it had some good characters. Uh, second season, uh, especially the uh, what's his face, uh, the guy who played Paul in the second season. Yeah, is there a third season? No, 
Okay. Yeah, there was, uh, just, yeah, it just started. Uh, Mark, oh wow, Marshall Ali starting it. Oh nice. The yeah. uh, the recommendation I would always give, especially if you're trying to get someone into True Detective, tell them to watch the second season first. Because hmm. the first season Why? sets the bar so high that we'll just watch the old... first season and just stop. You don't even need to watch. Well, no, the second if you want to actually get into the into the series, you can. Oh, they're okay. Kind of, they're not they're not directly linked, so you can. Yeah, kind of... you could just skip the second season entirely. Really, I mean, yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, but I, I really liked the first season. I thought I was. Uh, I, it just it took me in directions I didn't expect, and the acting. Uh, it's, it's Matthew McConaughey, right? McConaughey and, and, and Harrison. McConaughey, Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson. I mean, I watched it because of Woody Harrelson, but I love both of them. I mean, they were yeah. such well developed characters over such a long period of time, too. Yeah. Like that was the mm-hmm. thing that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, if you don't know, it's it's about uh, two. Uh, detectives who are kind of saddled together. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's a, a little bit of an oddball, and um, Woody Harrelson seems to be, you know, your 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 typical cop. But they have things going on in their backgrounds, and they get caught mm-hmm. up in a case which um, later rears its head many many years later. So you kind of get like multiple storylines um, and, uh, and and the passage of time. But it's just there's a certain subtlety to the way the story is told. I just that was just that was a piece of television that I was just really impressed with. Um, then uh, 2015, I agreed Daredevil's the top, but on my two-watch list, because I haven't actually seen it, is Mr. Robot. Uh, for yeah, me. that's on my list, too. Nice. Oh, is it? Okay, I'll let you talk about it more then. No, no, it's okay. Then, Well, I haven't actually watched it yet. So, <laughs> um, And then also for 2016, I definitely need to watch The Good Place now, but mm-hmm. yet another show I haven't watched, but I want to watch is uh, The Crown. Um, I like uh, Peter Morgan's work. He did um, the movie uh, The Queen and Frost Nixon. I love his, he's he's just a really good sort of behind the scenes political royalty storyteller. So he's, that's my cup of tea. So I need to watch the show. The The acting is phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I mean, it looks like a really well put together show. So I just, I know I like his stuff in particular. So I know I'll like that show. Um, I didn't watch much in 2017 uh, other than Discovery. um, But I will... I will eventually get to uh, Twin Peaks because I need to. Now that fortunately, oh. it doesn't. I don't know how it counts because it's a continuation of a show that started uh, yeah, twenty years earlier. Yeah, technically, it is season three. Yeah, so I don't know, but I feel that gap is enough that I can put it on my list that I need to watch it. It's yeah. it's nice That's to fair. include for people who haven't seen it and yeah, know, in case they sure. forgot. Yeah, yeah. And then 2018, uh, I love the suggestions. Like, I haven't seen Killing Eve or Barry. But another one that, Hawk, you actually recommended to me, or at least you kind of sold just from talking about it, that I need to also watch is The Terror. Uh, that just sounds really oh, cool. Now, th- that, do, that's a good show. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Where? The, the Terror. I don't know. Oh. Someone else want to describe that one? I heard the name. Yeah, just, it's, based heard on, it's based on the novel uh, by Dan Simmons. Uh, okay. I read. I I picked this up. I I can't remember how I got rec- got it recommended to me. What, yeah. One of probably one of the, the finest written horror novels in, in mm-hmm. uh, based on the real life uh, disappearance of the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror, which were trying to find this new channel through the North Atlantic. And this is set during. Um, but, but World War Two, right? World War Two, uh, yeah. Like it very probably nineteen twelve. Oh, around, okay. Yeah, uh, they both got land landlocked by the ice in the North Atlantic, and that it, the for over two years. Oh, and eventually the, their their supplies spoiled. Uh, they from the last journal entries, the crew all devolved into madness and eventually cannibalism. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Dan Simmons adapted it into this uh, great horror, horror novel and that uh, introducing a supernatural element into it uh, based on Inuit legend. Oh, very cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen oh, it. so it's, the first season is set in 1847. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Back. Yeah. I'm looking yeah, at it right now. So it's, so it's an anthology series because the second season is... Uh, it's the World, World War II stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's why yeah. I thought, yeah, I misread that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, that's one that you actually also mentioned to me along with Happy and Barry and The Good Place. So I will <laughs> definitely need to, to get on that one. And then uh, for 2019, I haven't watched The Watchmen. I think I will love it. But the only show I did watch that I really loved was uh, the Dark Crystal Netflix series. So that's nice. my special mention because I, I really, really enjoyed it. So that's, Yeah, and you don't need to watch the movie to watch that no. series. It's no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. No, in fact, it enhances the movie to have watched the, pre- the series before. I think it's better yes. than the movie, to be it honest. Is, it is. Oh, it be- is. Yeah, I, I've, I think I said this before when we did talk about the series. But yeah, the movie, I feel, didn't quite live up to its potential. I've always wanted to really mm-hmm. love it. but and Because you, you can tell there's a lot of ideas in it. But I don't think it quite pulls it off. Whereas, yeah, yeah this TV series more than exceeds like that that universe and, yeah. and creates its own storyline. So I do really and, recommend yeah, the, it. The series was able to live up to the vision of uh, Brian Froud, for sure. Sure, yeah. yes. Everything he conceptualized with that, you can see it come to life in a way that they couldn't do in the... Yeah, and, and having the television series was a great way to explore like a fantasy world. And I mean, yeah, again, it, the amount of work, I mean, other than through animation, I mean, something like that to actually be made physically um, mm-hmm. is just a great feat. You know, it's so, unheard absolutely. of. Yeah, the 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 respect they gave that show oh, is yeah. incredible. And yeah. props to Netflix for actually building the puppets and working with the Jim Henson company oh, yes. like, and going yeah. over Jim's old notes about what he wanted in that yeah. world. Yeah, like no, it's a work of love. I mean, that's that's why I like it so much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, good call. Um, all right, my list. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do it in in years, but I, as you guys were talking, I sort of cut and paste and put it around, so it's sort of in order. In 2010, uh, you know, Sherlock, yeah, obviously, but okay. there are two other shows that really at least spoke to me: Parenthood, okay. which was right. this great, um, yeah, we got launched that year, you know, uh, family drama, come not really comedy, but definitely a drama, mm-hmm. and it it, uh, I, I I think that show made me cry more than anything. That That's I've fair. ever watched. It was. It was. It's a beautifully. Um, it's a beautiful show about three generations of this yeah. family, and it, it's just well done. When well acted, well, everything was good. Also, that year was BBC's Luther. Um, yes. So Ooh, that's a phenomenal mm. show um, about a detective in London. Um, okay. 2011. Idris Elba when he's not embarrassing himself. Idris Elba was, <laughs> was so cool in that show, and I could see why everyone wants him to be uh, James Bond. Bond. Yeah. Um, 2011. I'm surprised you guys didn't talk about this, but Black Mirror started that year. Was that it was, the BBC was, one? No, or? Yeah, that's when the BBC, yeah, the BBC one. BBC one. In okay. 2011, it came to North America a year or two, two years, two or three years later. Okay. Um, I remember hmm. watching that when I was still in Toronto, and that's why it was weird because no one had heard of it. <laughs> um, mm. But I, I watched a lot of weird things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had some to find reason the first I got episode the- on stream. So. Yeah, yeah I, I I did catch that when it came out, but I must have got the years confused for some reason. I thought it was anyway. Yeah, no, that's well, a yeah, good one. Season yeah. one was eleven, and season two was thirteen, so there yeah. was a gap. So the twenty twelve yeah. is when they started to push it more. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I, yeah, I remember yeah. in twenty eleven being like, but but 
the first episode, there's a pig. There's a pig. You have uh, to watch it. Boy. Uh, no, 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 you don't, Eric. You <laughs> ratchet it. son of a... Okay. And, okay, so 2012, um, this, is, this is just, like, I love animation. Um, I've talked about this many times. 2012 was the release of The Legend of Korra, which is the sequel series for Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And much like much like the viewers of the original show, everyone got all the storylines were more mature. The animation was way better. Um, I, I just thought it was a great way to expand that world. I thought the writing was amazing where they took the relationships, um, building on the powers that were introduced in the last airbender. I love that world that they created back in the mid to late 2000s. So it was nice mm-hmm. to see that show. Um, and it, you know, it completed its storyline through over four or three seasons. I can't remember. Right if now. I had actually seen that series, I probably would have put it on my, my list, but I still have not seen it yet. Oh, it's quite good. It's, it's also on sale good. on Amazon right now on Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> uh, in 2013, I agree with everyone, obviously, but um, I will give that shout out to Brooklyn Nine-Nine because that was the first season of that show. Yeah. And I Nine-Nine. love Mike Shear's work. Um, it, uh, a situational... Um, police comedy um and it's probably the first show where the entire cast was so incredibly diverse both in nationality and sexuality and it wasn't done in a hokey way everyone just felt real yeah and i appreciate that and 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 the the workplace relationships was just amazing Mm -hmm. um 2014 i had a couple the leftovers which hawk mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. also by damon lindelof um it ran for three seasons that dealt with um so two percent of the world disappears and there's no explanation of it Mm -hmm. so basically what happens throughout the series is it's people trying to make sense of what happened and they never explain how people disappeared but it's all the aftermath of that and how yeah. do you deal with that in society. Yeah, is it the rapture? Is it yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a wonderful show and I love that that big mystery that, you know, was always overhanging and lost was the first thing and they never they said they would never explain it and they never did. Huh. Was it, it wasn't a hindrance to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty fourteen also saw the release of Jane the Virgin, which is a hilarious show. And a great play on the telenovela. Yes. Okay. Another it's, wonderful day to be Rogelio. <laughs> it just has so much heart. And it Megan got me onto it last year. And I'm, I'm glad that she did. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this is my only newsy type thing. Last week tonight with John Oliver started in 2014. Yeah. And know. for them to take... It's, it's a hard-hitting news show that does deep dives and presents it with humor and a way that anyone can, you know, understand what they're talking about. And I mm-hmm. appreciate that as someone who likes to disseminate news for people that, you know, might not be really newsy. Mm-hmm. Um, 2014 also saw Halt and Catch Fire, which was an AMC show about the Great show. beginning of, you know, the, the computer age in the 80s. It was well acted, mm-hmm. well written. But 2014, for sure. I have a lot for 2014. Yeah, Probably one of my favorite animated shows, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, premiered and that (laughs) that would be the best firmware upgrade to george lucas's ideas he's made everything (laughs) way better (laughs) a needed firmware upgrade yeah yeah day one patch (laughs) i could say that about clone wars but uh rebels expanded past what was known and and it made it better and probably the best 
some of the best characters in Star Wars are from that show. Um, and and plot threads from that are being carried over into contemporary Star Wars materials as well. So, yeah, yeah it's good they exist. I mean, yeah. it'd be terrible <laughs> if there weren't other sources to work from. They brought Thrawn back, like, and in a good way that wasn't hokey. And yeah, oh, man, it's so fantastic for all season. That long. was neither hokey nor, unfortunately, not Richard E. Grant. We already yeah. Grant, so we'll leave that alone for now. 2015. I'm surprised hockey didn't say Better Call Saul. I know you love that show. I it's forgot a, that. A, I was on yeah. my list. I forgot it. It, 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 it was a it, really good show. It, 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 it was it's an interesting take, um, like prequel of uh, Breaking Bad. And I love Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. 2015, Mr. Robot, which is about a um, software developer that becomes uh, a hacker. It's um, So there's this anti this anarchy type thing. It's, it's, it's really well done. Um, 2015. Oh. The best sci-fi show of the 2010s is The Expanse. And if you haven't seen yeah. this show, never seen it. <sighs> it yeah. It's 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 on Prime right now. They they actually took it it got canceled, but then Prime bought the rights and are now doing the most recent season, which is starting this year, I believe. And it's based on a book, but all the science is done right, all the yeah. acting is amazing and it's not like sci-fi pew pew. It's yeah. sci-fi like terraforming and like these are like relationship issues or like uh, territory issues and it's so good yeah it's that's what i was thinking of but on my list i was going to go with mr robot but that was when i was talking about how how rare it is to have an actual sci-fi show that's Mm. about science fiction that was the one i was thinking of so like i can't even think of something that you can compare it to because no, there's it's nothing the most like realistic. It. Yeah, it's yeah. the most realistic of because we've had shows about families in space and colonies and space wars for decades now, but this is the yeah. first one that really gets crunchy with that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see this show. Um, 2016, you talked about the Good Place, Westworld, Atlanta, which is Donald Glover's take on living in Atlanta. It's a 30 minute comedy oh, drama ish yeah. thing. Hmm. It's very good if you haven't seen it. Um, 2016 uh, also saw Fleabag uh, come out, right? Which, if you haven't seen that show, it's it's about a woman living her life in London, and I you can't even talk about it more than that because you have to see hmm. her relationships with everyone just to appreciate it. It's it's it's, it's so well done. It's by um, what's her name, Isabel Waller Bridge Bridge Bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, she wrote the she wrote the play as well. Yeah, yeah. Which was playing the, in theaters not too long ago, actually. Yeah, it was oh, okay. it's an extension of the sta- of her stage show. So check that out. 2017, I have Orville Handman Handmade Sale. We talked about that. 2019, me and Matt had this discussion earlier. Would good omens count on this show? It, it they haven't he wants to do a second season, Neil Gaiman, but He's busy right now, <laughs> understandably so. I think it counts. I mean, it's it's a complete season, right? Or is it more of a yeah. mini series? I see it's because they, the the first mm. season covers the actual book. Yeah, but realistically, they could never make another episode and oh. cover the material. Yeah. Well, I I would say I don't know because when Sherlock first came out and Black Mirror first came out, we never knew if there was going to be anything more than those three episodes, right? True. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, there is a more compelling argument to, to sort of say this might never go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, Either we, way, we watch Good Watchmen. Omens. Yeah. yeah. 
Good yes, Omens yes. is yeah, Good okay. Omens is phenomenal and definitely worth the watch. But my favorite show of 2019 is The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Being a fan of the game, being a fan of the books, yeah, I have never seen something done so accurately done to the book as The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like everything is like pitch perfect. All the acting is great. All the people are cast perfectly. Yeah, I know people. It's a little hard to get into because people don't realize that the timelines aren't happening at the same time. Like it's yes. it's a fluid show. Yeah, um, but that's what happens when your your hero and a bunch of the side characters are all not immortal, but people that can live for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, there's been made a big deal of in that this whole thing about the time and it's how it drove away maybe people didn't want to get into the show, but it's not that difficult to understand. It's not hard to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 you pretty much figure it out within the first two episodes, um, two or yeah. three episodes. Yeah. Um, but well, I think that didn't happen for me to four. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I, then. I, well, no, I, I, <laughs> pretty much everyone I've talked to is by, but they, have, they said by about episode four, you kind of figure out how the timeline works on it. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, it doesn't really matter because the story is the story. But this is this is a show that was not afraid to do the fantasy elements, not afraid to do the magic in this right. fantasy elements. Yeah. And, Props to Game of Thrones for doing it, but this is, yeah, this is the next step. But Henry Cavill, he even does the hand signals for the glyphs, right? Like, I'm not even arguing that. It looks perfect. Um, This is more based on the books than the the video games. So the video games for for people who are just getting into the show happen decades after the books. And yeah, I think so it's. This, I think yeah, it's supposed to be like thirty or forty years after something like that. Books. All the books are done um, because yeah. they didn't want to cross over those storylines. Yeah, and they wanted to expand that world. So, um, if you are going to watch The Witcher, or if you're having a hard time, read The Last Wish, which is the first collection of short stories for The Witcher, mm-hmm. and you know, try again. It's a great show. I love yeah. it. Yeah, cool. Go for it. Um, anyway, I have a couple more I have to throw in that I forgot. Go for this it. I'm oh. a big dumb idiot. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see here. 2016, there was two more that we forgot, one of which we already spoke about in this episode. 2016 saw the premiere of the OA. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yes. yeah, sir. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, we talked about this. I can't believe I forgot about that. Um, and also, for just to A, to hit our Canadian content niche a little harder than just Hannibal. <laughs> But also because the show is phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, please do. The Baroness Von Sketch Show premiered on the scene. Oh, such a good show. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it is <laughs> some of the best comedy on TV right now. And it's pure sketch comedy. Um, it is, and I don't even want to say it's a successor to The Kids in the Hall, but it it's that it, it's higher than that level of kids in the hall stuff where they have phenomenal characters and they have continuing characters. It's brilliantly done. Uh, it's an all, it's all Canadian. They're all female, all Canadian. Brilliant to watch. Please do. I will um, also add one more then. Yeah. Um, in 2013, we saw the Americans uh, get released uh, and that yeah. show is spies done proper. Mm-hmm. Sort of funny how it's become more and more relevant as time goes by. Oh, you know? Yes, unfortunately. So. <laughs> oh, I no, mean, when no. well, I, I did watch this one, and when it first came out, I was like, "Ah, eh, it's kind of cliche." I mean, they've got salt, and there's all these movies of you know, it's it's a it's a well known concept, right? But yeah, you know, they they did it properly, you know, like and and now it's like, wow, it's not even really funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's a little too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I felt the same way about watching season seven of Homeland. It got like a one got a little too close to home. Yeah. Uh, 2016 also saw the release of another Canadian show, uh, which will also hit home for close for almost all of us that are on this podcast. It saw the premiere of Kim's convenience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which again, phenomenal show Mm. takes place in Toronto, filmed in Toronto. It'll warm your heart. Has Shang-Chi in it. Has um, Shang-Chi in it. <laughs> you know what? This show, Kim's Convenience, took me a little bit to get into because it does the, the thick Asian accent. And I it's always bothered me in like I, I assume since uh, I saw the Phantom Menace. But um I really <laughs> thick Asian accent where you're just like, I don't know. And I know you're not a, you don't have that accent in real life because I yeah. know you as an actor, but mm-hmm. I like it, it, it's fine now, but it, it yeah, took me it, a while to get it. It takes some adjusting <laughs> for a show that premiered in 2016. It takes some adjusting. You're kind of like, Oh my, but then you realize it's not, it's not done in a malicious way. It's done because that's the nature of the show. Oh my. Did I mention crazy ex-girlfriend? <laughs> no, I was about to no. actually in 2015. I also saw the premiere of crazy ex-girlfriend, which again, phenomenal show, phenomenally funny. I'm trying to I'm trying to swing to the funny because we got real dark with a lot of our yeah, stuff. Yeah, no. like, I can't believe that's good too. It's okay. We got the good place. Yeah, we have the good, good place. place um, and we have um, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh, there's one more, and this is the the one that I was going to give a mention to only because technically it premiered in 2009. Although I guarantee you, very few people watched it. Everyone that started its fan base, started watching it for its second season in 2010. And that is the show RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> uh, because the first season had a limited, it was a seven or eight episode run with limited viewership and almost no budget. The second season is where it picked up and they actually got a budget and cameras that worked. <laughs> um, if you go back and watch the first season, it's like watching everything through like orange cheesecloth. Because the filters, because the cameras were so old, because they, they just had to get the cameras they could afford. Wow! And it get, and then the second season, you're like, oh god, they got like digital cameras now. Okay, this I can, everything's clear. It's not all orange and terrifying. Um, it's a again, it's a, the show purely for the cultural <laughs> phenomena of bringing drag up to the forefront, kicking. And it's 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 a wonderful culture that it's everywhere now. It is at least not um, at, at least it's not like. It's more in the mainstream. It's fully in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all thanks to Mama Root, got to give the shout out because that show, again, it's set a precedent. For uh, sure. So in 2013, filmmaker Steven Soddenberg was quoted as saying, in terms of cultural real estate, TV has really taken control of the conversation that used to be reserved for movies. Mm. It's sort of a second golden age of television, which is great for viewers. If you like the stories to go narrow and deep, TV is exciting. And I think with all of these examples, that's that's pretty much key. Um, yeah. So l- let's throw this out to our listeners. What did you think of Hawk's list? What did you think of our better list that we said afterwards? Uh, <laughs> different, not bad about different. Twin Peaks. <laughs> why don't you send us an email, send us a note on social media. We are everywhere. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Matt, Steve, and Hawk for coming on and doing this silly little show about TVs. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, bud. In two weeks, we're going to be doing the best video games of the 2010s. And I am not going year by year, but you guys can tear apart my my list. And I hope you do. 
I'll start building the Thunderdome now. <laughs> I'll send you the list in a couple, um, maybe a day or so. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening and have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.